Welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello there guys and welcome to a very special episode of Genuine Chit Chat. So this week I am joined by my lovely co-host Megan, as well as Rhea Carrigan and Jack. So I just want to address a couple of things here. First of all, this is airing on the feed of Genuine Chit Chat on the YouTube channel of Genuine Chit Chat and also on the feed of Comics in Motion. So if you're listening on one of those feeds and you want to swap over to another one, then go ahead, be my guest. Um, but I am speaking to the other three individuals I just mentioned, and we are talking about the nine episode anthology anime series, Star Wars Visions. So you can watch all of Visions dubbed or subbed on Disney+. Plus. Each episode is between like 15 and 25 minutes, so they're all quite digestible. And we all in this episode watched it on dubbed, so with English voice actors. And I just want to clarify that I've made extensive show notes uh, so you guys can find all the different bits and pieces that each of us are involved with. And I'll be back at the end to give you guys even more information. So right at the end of this chat, I'm going to give you some information on what's coming up for Genuine Chit Chat and for Star Wars Comics in Canon. But um, there's a quick promo for the Spider-Dan and the Secret Boars podcast and a link to that is in the description as well so make sure you check that show out because it is amazing but there's not really much else here to add guys so as always thank you so much for listening make sure you rate, review, share and be good to each other and uh, yeah I'll be back at the end to give more information on what's coming up Hello, Spider-Dan here of the Spider-Dan and the Secret Balls podcast. Just wanted to give you a quick introduction on what I do and why you should check it out. My main mission for the podcast is to spotlight the best-kept secrets in entertainment that a mainstream audience may find boring. I have various guests from all walks of life, including friends, family, comic book professionals and actors, while also doing the odd solo podcast and Patreon YouTube video here and there. If you like entertaining and informative discussions and are sick of content creators covering the same old MCU and Netflix programming, take a walk on the wild and the weird side. Swing over to spiderdanandthesecretballs.com for all the information you may need, such as links to the podcast, social media accounts, and how you can support the podcast. That's spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. That's B-O-R-E-S. Thanks for joining me, and as always... Prepare for prattle. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I should have thought of what I was going to start this with, um, but... And here we are. There we go. That's how I'm starting. Um, we are here, or well, I am here, with three wonderful guests. Uh, we're going to talk about Star Wars Visions. We think it's been enough time now that anyone who really wants to watch them will probably have seen them all by now. I should have written down when they came out, but I think it was like some point in September. Uh, I think it was early-ish September. So if people were, this is going to be slightly spoilerific, I guess, but because all of them are quite short... There's only like one or two storylines, which I think you could even spoil, but we're probably going to spoil them anyway, because they're like the best parts of some of them. So we're just going to go into it. Was I right, is it? 22nd of September. Thank you, Megan. That's what you're here for. Um, <laughs> but yes, I am joined by Megan, as Hello. obviously I just addressed. Uh, and then we're also joined by two wonderful individuals uh, from the Pop Gorillas and just a few other random bits and pieces around Comics in Motion and a new show as well. How exciting. So I'll introduce one of you first. Let's go with you, Jack. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good, thank you, Mike. Uh, it's nice to meet Megan officially. Mm. I heard a lot of Megan because obviously being a patron, it means I get to uh, get hear to a lot hear more my... from her than, than, uh, than uh, the general podcasting public. So it's my nice rambles. to... Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was listening to um, 
listen to that. I listened to your Halloween. Oh, I listened yeah. to your Don't Breathe earlier today when I was potting around the house doing some stuff. So there are a couple of classic rambles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of the time we have the episodes, it's like, you know, it's called like Don't Breathe. And we talk about that for like five minutes. And then yeah. it's like a 20 minute podcast. And the rest of it's just and nonsense. It. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jack. I appreciate that. And also joining us is someone who's recently started their own show, Gone Solo. In two years' time, she's going to be too big for Comics in Motion. She's going to be <laughs> on a trajectory into fame. And that is Rhea. Hello, yes. Rhea. Tell people about your new show. That is and how definitely you're what's going to happen. That is that is the future that I envision. Yeah. <laughs> All bow down to me, my <laughs> podcast fame. Um, yes, my new show is Femme on Film. I just launched the first episode with the lovely Tony Farina about Josie and the Pussycats which everybody should go and watch because it's amazing so go and listen to that it's on Comics in Motion it came out on Sunday the 24th if I got my dates correct I have no idea it's a Wednesday right who knows so go yes. have a listen I was trying to think what day it was yes it's a Wednesday I only know because we're seeing Venom tomorrow that's how I've got that's how my days are it's just how many days till we get to see Venom 2 yeah. That's uh that's it. But yes, we're talking about visions. Um so obviously include links, as I would say, in the description to everyone's exciting uh websites. Include I'll put in Rhea's questions in there as well for a laugh, because mm-hmm. that's always fun yes. just to put in there. <laughs> um and obviously, Jack, I'll put your um your movie review blog up as well. I do enjoy seeing that. Whenever it's on Twitter, I'm always excited because it's in-depth reviews, but also spoiler-free. It's a very you know, oh, the, nice to hear. Prequel to uh, Pop Gorillas in a lot of ways. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm loath to give him a compliment, but that's why it's so good because you can just go on and read it in sort of like two minutes. Yeah, and it's, and it's not rubbish. <laughs> I was going to swear. I don't know why I paused from swearing. You, you can but... swear as much as you want. I, <laughs> I know. I I was like, Ooh. <laughs> it's not worth spending any more than two minutes with me. By that point, you're bored. You're, <laughs> you're like, just get out, get out. Two minutes is enough. <laughs> it's succinct and it gets the point across it's not sort of like one of these there's a, a a journalist for the guardian peter bradshaw who i do not like as a film reviewer i think he's terrible and like he cannot write good reviews in my opinion mm. and they are too long and they are too verbose and i feel like jack is the opposite of that yeah because i read your halloween kills one and i knew that you don't spoil them so i thought oh i'm interested to hear what jack thought of halloween kills without him spoiling it or doing what I do, which is waffle endlessly about everything. <laughs> so it's quite, it's quite nice. Pop Gorillas, if anyone's listening and haven't uh, checked out either Jack's blog or Pop Gorillas, what are you doing? You know, finish this, then you know, check those out. Uh, but Pop Gorillas is excellent. Yeah, it's just uh, spoiler, spoiler-free movie reviews that you can listen to that take less time than a pop song. So they're only like two or three minutes. The Ted Lasso one still, it's the shortest one, but it absolutely kills me. And we've almost <laughs> finished you. Ted Lasso now. So. <laughs> it just said nothing at all apart from it's fucking great. And that was it. And it's just, that was brilliant. <laughs> I'm really pleased with that and you can tell that the episode that I watched just before I recorded it uh, which is the Roy Kent quote about going off and having a wank <laughs> and I was just like I was like I'm just gonna say it because it's one of the greatest lines I've ever heard in TV <laughs> oh he's got a podcast as well actually uh Brett yes Goldstein. Brett Goldstein his films to be buried with which is excellent everybody should go and listen well after listening to all of our stuff yeah exactly yeah <laughs> if you're going to only listen to one movie podcast listen to anything on comics and motion but yeah. if you've got your space in your life for two or three then you know go uh, movies to be buried with but yeah, i need to discover that recently but we're here to talk about star wars um very different take on star wars actually it's, it's almost it's quite interesting because marvel slash disney released what if and visions mm. basically really really similar to each other so it was just like here's loads of stuff that isn't canon to either universe at the same time and there's a part of me that's kind of like i, I lo- enjoyed both what if and visions but it was like i wanted some i would have rather they did like 
Visions came out when like Loki came out or something, and then What If came out with something else Star Warsy that was um you know canon in essence. But we can talk about the canon connections anyway. So won't we start? Um, I'll quickly ask each of you because um, I know Megan's opinion on this. Were either of you very uh, excited when Visions got announced and you found out it was you know anime and that sort of thing? If I go with Rhea first, do you have any intrigue into anime or anything like that? Like, what were your first thoughts when you heard about its announcement and before watching it? Yeah, pretty excited. It hits all the things that I like: so Star Wars, anime, animation, um, sort of connected to the the canon star wars universe but a bit different japanese animation studios all of those things that i love i watch like a lot of japanese animation things like mm. that so pretty excited um and then i watched them all over the weekend and we'll get onto our opinion soon mm, indeed and what about you jack much less so if i'm honest i like Rhea's brought a lot of ghibli into my life because i know what a big passionate fan she is mm. um and I, I do like the ones that, that she showed me and, and told me to watch um, but generally, I'm not a big anime fan, if I'm honest. You know, I know Akira is held up in this great regard, and it's fine. Um, yeah. and it, I've got will, it. I haven't watched it, but I've got it on Blu-ray. Someone gave it to me. It will come back up when we talk about one of the, the episodes later, because one of the episodes in Visions really reminded me of it because of a particular thing, which which we'll get to. Let's not mm. spoil that, because, you know, edge of our seats, people, about what, what we've got to say there. Um, <laughs> but... Actually, the trailer sold me completely. I know we'd already spoken about it, Mike, and you mm. said, you know, you know, check it out, see what you think. Um, and that then did sell me mm. because I wanted to see something fresh and new and different. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, quick one over quite quickly, I would say. Yeah, and I would say with me, like, um, Megan is it's quite funny. I'm more similar to you, Rhea, and Megan's more similar to Jack in the sense of I – I, I like anime. I don't love it. Like, there's, mm-hmm. I love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I used to watch Dragon Ball Z when I was younger, and I've seen like a fair few. I used to watch like Vampire Hunter D and oh, I North love Star. Vampire Hunter D. Yeah, and those sort of things. So I've, I've seen like a, a, a bits and pieces of anime, and obviously, with um, I've seen Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke. I haven't seen many other uh, Studio Ghibli films, but I've, I've seen those two, and I keep meaning to watch more. Megan, however, is actively not a fan of anime doesn't like the animation i showed her spirited away she was not a fan (laughs) how is that even possible i don't like weird films we don't like alice in wonderland and spirited (laughs) away really is just alice in wonderland the thing the thing with me and i apologize to anyone that's heard me say this before but i can watch a film and enjoy it and then one thing can happen in that film and it can ruin the entire movie for me um like it's literally like the flick of a switch, really. Yeah, yeah. So, not very, you do not forgive things. Yeah, my problem <laughs> with Spirited Away is I didn't like the thing that ate everything. So, uh, no face. Yeah, I didn't like him. He creeped me out and that ruined the movie for me. I really didn't like it. Um, the point of no face. Exactly, yeah. that's what I said. I was like, he's meant to creep you out. I hate it. I hate my, it. my three-year-old has like a no face big pillow thing that's like the size of her. And she loves it. <laughs> yeah, no face is great. Yeah, but... I mean, I, yeah, I wasn't fussed at all. If if it wasn't for Mike, I wouldn't have watched any of Visions. Um, but I'm kind of the same as you, Jack. That once I saw the trailer, I was like, actually, mm-hmm. that looks that does look pretty good. Yeah. I, when I heard about it, I was like, I'll watch it because you know I'm a Star Wars junkie, so anything new that comes out, I will consume. But I was like, I uh, don't know. You know, if I was one of those people who was like, ah, it's not canon, so it, it's unrestricted, which is fun and really cool, and it's like an experimental playground, which. I was intrigued by, but I wasn't like, oh yeah. And then I saw that trailer and I was like, oh Lord. Mm. I mean, I think there are a couple of these episodes that are phenomenal. However, 
I would argue that the trailer's probably better than three or four of these. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's one of those things where they're very up and down, but I like that. I, I And I'm glad they're not too long either. You know, if these were all like an hour long, it would be too much. Yeah. And there's there's really. two of them I'd want to be an hour long, but aside from them, like one of the good things when me and Megan watched it and Megan wasn't that fast, I was like, well, these are only max 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. So even if you're really not in the mood, let's just watch one. And so we've just watched one or two every like few days. Yeah, and then yeah. also because there is it an anth- anthology. Yes, yeah. Um, because it's an anthology. <laughs> if I really didn't want to watch it, we watched one of the shorter ones first, <laughs> and then came back to the ones that were like twenty five minutes. Yeah, and the good thing was as well is because obviously they're all made by different studios with different voice actors, and everything is different. I think two of them are made by the same studio, but aside from that, like they're all generally very different. So it's like even if you despise one of them. The next one's completely different, and I quite like the the layout of them as well, where it's not like, you know, all the amazing ones at the start that were actually, mm-hmm. and then all the kind of not as actually yeah, ones yeah, yeah. from there. So let's, um, without any more preamble, let's move on to the first one, which is The Jewel, um, which I'll, I'll start off um, by saying this is also, this is one that is the only Visions content, uh, only Visions episode that has additional content. There's a book mm. out called Ronin, and it basically gives a lot more weight to the world. I've heard people review it and things, and it's it's intriguing, but in essence, all of these are somewhat canon adjacent. Some of them are, you could tell, like the next one we're going to talk about, Tatooine Rhapsody, that literally could happen. Like that's, that's so inside the world of canon, it could actually happen. Whereas some of the other ones, you can kind of guess where they may or may not be in the story. The Jewel is its own completely new universe. And I'm going to spark it off by saying the animation style of this is probably my, f- the best animation I think I've ever seen in my life for anything. I just, I, I absolutely adored it. I thought I love the scheme of colors. I love the style. I just loved every element of that. Um, so with that in mind, Megan, why don't you start us off with your opinion of the jewel? Cause this was at the start of visions. You were the, le- you were like the most resistant to watch them. Uh, yeah. And so when- I don't know why you're starting with me as if you think I'm going to remember every single one of them. <laughs> no, I know, but obviously the- <laughs> you're not going to remember them all. Don't worry. Like I don't I- even remember the jewel. Is this the one that was grainy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So are- you're like, Megan, start us with your opinion. No, Cause I knew that I this can would remember be that it was grainy. <laughs> I remember that like, you'll remember this the least. And I'll start the two. Is this the one that had the droid in it as well? Well, they all have droids. Yeah. Well, like- the one that's like R2D2 with a hat on. Yeah. And yeah, then it gets fixed by someone. Yeah. Yeah. When the pot boils. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it was all right, I guess. I don't really remember. I knew she wouldn't say a lot. It It sounds weird. I I don't want to be involved in this now. I just want it to be Megan and each one just going, yeah, it was all right. That's that's literally how I respond to anything that Mike ever shows me. He's like, oh, Megan, what was your opinion on this? I'm like, yeah, it was all right. That's why I started Afterthoughts, though, because it's the only way, if I put a turn on the mic, it's just the two of us. I can, sometimes we'd watch movies and I'd be like, what do you think of that? She's like, yeah, it's all right. And I'd be like, anything else? Not really. It's like, what? So I have to like force her to do an afterthought. So when she sat in front of a camera and it's just the two, uh, Mike and it's just the two of us, then she'll kind of go into detail a little bit more. But I, I, d- I need other people to talk about it first no, I know. because it will jog my memory as to what happened. I didn't in think it. you'd say a lot about this, and that's the only reason I started with I you. remember not enjoying it that much, yeah. but I think that's because I just really didn't want to watch Visions. Is this the first one you guys watched as well then? Yeah. We watched. Well, we, relatively, we did watch this one first. Yeah, we did, but we watched them relatively in chronological order. I know we watched one or two out of order, but I wanted to watch it in order, even though there is no order. But yeah, we, we started with the jewel. So with that, then, we'll, <laughs> I'll go with you then, Jack. Did you well, Actually, before I do that, did you both watch it in, in order, or did you each watch it separately? As in, in different... Uh, as in, did you watch it in order, or did you watch it in a jumble? 
Yeah, I went through one to nine. I don't know about you, Ria. Yeah, same here in order. Okay, cool. Uh, so, Jack, what was your thoughts on uh, the duel? Um, I really liked it. It's not my favourite, I don't think, but it's mm. pretty close yeah. to, to being the best. I think um, I like what you said about this idea of it being its own kind of universe. It really is. Um, and also, just a little aside, I love the fact that, Mike, when you talk, I don't know if you mean it or not, but you, like you use Star Wars language. The spark, the resistance. I love it. It just it just can't it flows out of you. There's so much Star Wars in you. You can't help. It's part of my vocabulary. Um, well, thanks for that. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's because he's one with the force. Oh, oh definitely. Um, and the force is with him. Thank you. Oh, Star Wars um, t-shirt as well today. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think this had a style all, all of its own, didn't it? But I also I couldn't help, and I know it's, it's it's a little bit reductive, but some sometimes I can't help but like my brain starts going, oh, it reminds me of that, it reminds me of that. And there were a lot of things that this recalled for me, mm. um, like the Jedi episode in Mandalorian season two, when Ahsoka fights like the um, like the, the the head of the village, like the woman that's yeah. taken over. It really reminded me of that. And um, Rear or like this one, Avatar: The Last Airbender. It had some echoes of that mm. for me as well. Mm. Um, and the big duel at the end when they're on like the the log. Yeah. It's reminding me of Anakin and Obi-Wan over the lava and Mustafar. And yeah, it's reminding me of good things. So, um, yeah, that was all sparking off in my brain. Spark. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. And I agree with you on the art style because, I mean, clearly it was inspired by Kurosawa. So, mm. as Tony says, as the film guy, if you're going to reference Kurosawa, then you're going to get the film guy to uh, to be pleased. Yeah, yeah, and obviously Star Wars in itself is one of the reasons that Visions, I think, works in a lot of ways. Is Star Wars is directly, um, hugely influenced by Asian cinema. You know that the the lightsabers that's just a katana sword that doesn't have an edge. It's the whole thing is the edge. So then Lucas has come out and explicitly said, you know, it's basically Mm. a mixture between Western and the old school Mm -hmm. sort of samurai and Asian cinema films just put together in Mm -hmm. space. Um, So that's cool. What about you, Ria? What were your sort of thoughts on the duel? So I thought it was a really strong start. I really liked it because I went in not really knowing what to expect. Mm. And I and I had the same thing. I was like, it's referencing all these other things, but it didn't annoy me in the references. I was like, it felt more, you know, fun that they were touching on these things. But it felt it felt both Star Wars and Samurai cinema, which I really mm. liked that blend. Um, yeah, and I thought it was such a, such a good start. And I think it set up visions for me for what it was going to be, that this is something different. Mm. How that then translates in some of the later episodes, we'll we'll see my opinion on those. <laughs> but overall, I'd say it's not my favourite, but definitely in my top, I mean, I can't split, I'd say top five, top four, probably mm. out of the episodes. Yeah. Um, I really liked the the relationship between human, so between Ronin and his droid and stuff like that. I liked how traditional Star Wars that was, but didn't feel overbaked at all mm. so you know I thought that was nice um unlike some of the others I because I watched it we discussed this I watched it in dubbed I would usually watch it subtitles but I was doing it like whilst hanging out washing and stuff like that um and it, I was just like I've got to get through it a bit quicker so out of a lot of them I I haven't enjoyed the dubbing and I thought this was some of the better mm. out of all of the episodes mm. And Jack, sorry, were you about to say something then? I was just going to say, like, we were talking about, like, and yourself, Mike, as well, um, the idea of this being the first one and setting the tone, I think it's interesting because we don't want to do too much, I suppose, comparing to what if. Um, but I, I actually really enjoyed the Asian car episode, and I know a lot of other people didn't, and they thought it was kind of a, a bit of a bland, boring way to start that show. 
Whereas this one goes in the other direction, doesn't it? It doesn't go with like a slight tweak. It goes all in like this is going to be completely different. So if you don't like this one, kind of forget about the rest of it. So mm. I thought that was quite interesting that from what you spoke about, the idea that they both come out really close to one another. This has gone in that direction, which is, you know, get on board now. Yeah, Whereas yeah. what if kind of went with, uh, oh, we'll give you a little bit of something new, but we'll give you kind of the story that you already know. I thought that was quite an interesting comparison. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually thought, I think the Agent Carter one is one of the weakest of what if. I enjoyed it, but my biggest issue with it was that it wasn't different enough. And when me and Megan mm-hmm. watched it, we were just like, is this going to be a whole series where it's going to be basically 80% the same story, but with a different character? Because I, I don't care. Like, I liked Agent Carter as a character, but I just thought it's not different enough. I personally would have put the T'Challa episode first because I thought that one blew me out of the water and everything is so different about it. It completely, that was mm-hmm. what if I wanted. But, um, yeah, so um, Megan, now that we've spoken a little bit about the jewels, that jewels your <laughs> memories at all? No problem if not. It hasn't really that much. I think realistically I'd need to watch them again. Like, I'm looking at the list and I can remember quite a few of a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but again, like, obviously the jewel was the first one that we watched. So that yeah. was the first one. That, <laughs> that was ages well. ago. Because <laughs> so. I showed my brother that one when he, when we hung out a couple of weeks ago. I was like, look, if you don't watch Star Wars Visions, that's fine, but you need to watch the jewel. Like, anyone mm-hmm. who likes. Whether or not you like Star Wars in general, or if you just like cool, action-y, or well-choreographed movies. I like The Raid is probably the most recent martial arts film, I'd say, that is a reflection, but also an um, something that's like an evolved version of a lot of mm-hmm. the Asian cinema that we really enjoy, the martial arts and that sort of stuff. And so I just, my brother loves all those things. So I was like, you need to watch The Jewel. None of the other ones matter as much as because of what he liked. The Jewel really worked in that way. Um, and I want to say with The Jewel, what I liked is, yeah, it, I think it put my expectations a bit too high, I think, in some ways. Especially with the next episode we're going to go into was literally the polar opposite. Yeah, it was... I I do not agree. I agree with the choice of certain ways they've structured this, but I I do not think the next one should be number two. But with the jaw, I like the concepts. I like how it's... It feels Star Warsy because you've got the droids and you've got mm-hmm. the species, you've got you know the Trandoshan uh, there, and you've got like lots of other different species that you see in Star Wars, and you've got you know them with the um, stormtrooper armor, but it's not the same. I-, I like all that stuff that's heavily influenced by Star Wars, but like an alternate reality. I, I-, I really like that. And when I saw her spinning blade thing, mm-hmm. Bob, I I, I, cr- I shouldn't I should have looked up what that was called, but you know that idea is the kind of thing where it's just like if that was in normal Star Wars. It would probably be overkill, and I'd be like, mm, that, that feels a bit too much. But in anime, mm. it works really well, because it's just this crazy mental batshit thing that is just cool. Uh, and that's what, you know, Star Wars has this thing, which I think I've heard other content creators talk about it. And it's like the cool factor, which mm. is like a lot of the time in Star Wars, you v- value something being cool than making sense. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of get that balance right. It has to be ridiculously cool if it's not going to make a huge amount of sense. And I think that some of these other shows tried a bit too hard and things just didn't land fully. Mm. Um, so is there anything else we want to add on the duel in general before we move on to the next one? Um, I don't think, I don't know if it was intentional, but I think it starts a nice theme throughout all of the, well, most of the episodes about kyber crystals. Yes. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's definitely something that either they've all consciously done or everybody's just obsessed obsessed with kyber crystals because every time I've read Star Wars content or watched Star Wars content or played Knights of the Old Republic, all I want to do is go around smashing stuff to get kyber crystals to make my lightsaber. So, you know, I don't, so I found that really interesting. I noticed that was hit in almost every single episode. Mm, Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, I think the force, it's basically like, you know, 
there's no one thing that makes Star Wars Star Wars, but I think you know the Force and to some degree lightsabers are two of the the bigger pieces of the puzzle that make mm. Star Wars so different mm. from other things. And for clarify, I'm going to say this on each one we go through. So the duel got 8.3 on IMDb. I don't trust IMDb for everything because it seems like most f- fairly decent things are between a six and a half and an eight and a half, and that seems to just be <laughs> almost everything I like is in those parameters. Um, but I think 8.3, fair enough. That's similar to how I kind of would view it in general. And obviously you guys are nodding, so you probably feel similarly. So if we move on to the next one, which this is the <laughs> lowest rated one of the whole... Uh, Maybe you flip those numbers from 8.3 to 3.8. Well, too generous. 5.3 is, which mm. I I would probably give it about that, if I'm being honest. But um, So it's called Tatooine Rhapsody, and it's been described as pop-punk Star Wars. And <laughs> I was not a fan of this. Um, the only thing I was a fan of, really, was Chibi Boba Fett. And he was in it for about eight seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Boba Fett being in something for even less time than he's in, like, the original trilogy doesn't really save something. Um, so which one of you two would like to go first on Tatooine Rhapsody? Because I'm sure you both have plenty to say. <laughs> I, I, I don't know which one of you wants to jump at the opportunity first. You're both so polite to each other. Not like mm. normal siblings I'm aware of. Normally be like pushing each other out of the way. <laughs> you, go, you. you go, Rear. I went first last time. Well, I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> it is shit. Um, I watched it and went, why am I going to watch any of the rest? And I literally turned it off and didn't watch anymore. So mm. I watched two in the space. I had a whole free evening. Uh, my toddler had gone to bed at a vaguely decent time. The other half was watching the F1. And I went... I'm not going to watch it anymore because this is shit. That's how much I disliked it. I think the Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, whatever rating it was, mm. is too generous. Um, and I just, it just didn't work for me at all. I thought the storytelling was incredibly messy. Mm. I, I, I couldn't tell what was flashbacks, what was supposed to be the current timeline. I thought the, I, the animation did not do anything for me. And I know it's a very specific animation style, which lots of people enjoy, but it was not for me. I thought the story was absolutely pointless. I thought it was trying to, you know, it's trying to say something about friendship and family, which it didn't work. It didn't hit any of the notes, which I didn't mean to say because it's about music. Um, <laughs> That's to, clever. To me, I thought, again, I thought this was some of the worst voice acting as well. I just really, really did not like it at all. I see. Well, fair enough. I mean, I'll agree with that. Sorry, me and Megan looked a little bit distracted there because... <laughs> There's some, some sort of puddle on the floor and I'm wearing tights and I just put my foot in it and was really confused as to why it met with water. There's literally, like, there's so much water on the floor. It's coming from the tumble dryer. Gross. Okay. Do you want- I need to quickly go and change my yeah, tights because otherwise probably- I'm going to be very uncomfortable. Well, Rhea's want- tears about Catherine <laughs> Rhapsody making it some way through. I was going to say, did you want me to grab slippers instead? You could just... No, I want to change my tights. That's fine. Look how much water there oh, that, is. Oh, no, that is actually a lot. Are you sure you just wet yourself? Towel? Is that what's happening? You, you just wet yourself? I wet myself with excitement. <laughs> Overvisions. <laughs> I was so excited about podcasting. <laughs> Let me just... Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, everyone. Can you move, please? Uh, yeah. This is quality <laughs> content, really, in like one second. Uh, can you grab a, a towel as well, please? Yeah. This is the behind-the-scenes stuff, isn't it? This yeah. Is, this is what Patreon's for. I mean, yeah, this is the normal sort of stuff. With Patreon, like, we edit almost nothing at all. Like, <laughs> as you could probably, probably tell when you listen to it, because aside from the odd time where there's, like, a massive... Oh, God. Uh, some Apart from the time where there's, like, a massive gap um, where we're looking up something or trying to figure something out, it's just, like, 
we go off and ramble nonsense. Me and Megan have had like mini, not like actual proper arguments, but like hot debates while <laughs> the mic's on about completely irrelevant things uh, on Patreon. So it's a, a lot of fun there. Sorry, I'm now <laughs> cleaning the towel and you can hear my creaky chair <laughs> while I'm trying to clean the floor uh, with this puddle. There is a lot of water. It's... Yeah, do you not want to check your tumble dryer, maybe? I'm looking at it. It's it's there. I mean, if, if anything's Great. wrong with it, there's not much I can do. The thing is, is it's because we've... This is so exciting, but we've been having a washing day in a sense. Like we've just put loads and loads and loads. Just of washing one. On. Imagine just one washing day. You clearly well, don't have kids. No, we don't. No. <laughs> um, I mean, we have. I, I normally because I work from home a couple of days a week. I normally, uh, I normally do the laundry like once or twice uh, a day while I'm working from home twice a week. So generally, mo- I do most <laughs> of the laundry. But because Megan's off this week, she's doing it. So that's why there's a puddle. Oh, I'm not so doing it. Happens. <laughs> <laughs> now she's back. <laughs> With my clog slippers. Oh, from Amsterdam. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do you need me to move them? Yeah. Oh, oh, the squeaking of the chair is awful. You didn't even close the door properly. Oh my god! Fucking hell! It's just <laughs> constant moaning. <laughs> I took you. I did so many nice things for you today, and all there is moaning. You get me gingerbread. Getting me for free. I don't even have to pay for this content. <laughs> <laughs> Truly behind the scenes. Uh, oh, hitting the mic. I'll keep most of this in, but I'll probably just clean up a little bit of it. Um, that's fine. So, I want to make a note of that. Just getting comfy. Just getting comfy. Right. Um, so, we just had Rhea's thoughts on Tatooine Rhapsody, and she loved it. So, uh, <laughs> as, as much as she loves the Tory. Yes. Yay! Even more, in fact. Um, so, we'll move on to Jack then. What did you think of Tatooine Rhapsody? I mean, I'm not quite as... I'm not going to come down quite as hard, I don't think. I mean, I agree with everything Rhea said. I think the first minute's pretty good when you have um, <laughs> the character. Like, he's, like, running away after Order 66, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he falls and he, like, breaks his lightsaber. I mean, I'm saying the character. I haven't bothered spending any time finding out what his name is. No, me neither. Um, but then it takes this weird, like, kiddie-friendly twist, which seems totally at odds with the idea that we've just had order 66 as well mm. um and from there yeah it's all downhill it's it's very odd i'm not sure what they were what they were thinking really i don't i just don't understand like from concept up it's it's a real big problem i mean it has the wilhelm scream in it which is great yep <laughs> we noticed that yeah whenever that comes up now me, me and megan went like when she when we first started watching star wars i was like do you know what the wilhelm scream is and she was like you weren't overly it, sure i don't know i showed it, it to you and you recognized yeah it, it was when it was when i was on the school trip yeah Oh, so we went to to Paris with the school, and then one of the members of staff that came with us is a massive Star Wars fan as well, and he also teaches media studies. Mm. Um, so he, yeah, was telling me about the Wilhelm scream, and I was like, he was like, if you listen to any major movie, you'll hear it. And then after that, I was like, I literally heard it every single time. Yeah, <laughs> when we do Star Wars rewatches, like we now we're like, we're there it is. For it. It's like, oh, I was like, Megan, it's coming up, it's coming up. That happens, it's like, Ray, Wilhelm scream. But yeah, sorry, uh, Jack. Yeah, the Wilhelm scream being arguably the best part of the episode <laughs> is probably probably an indication of how it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think. This often happens, isn't it? When you're like, if you're enjoying something, like I've made notes for this because I thought, you know, with there being nine episodes and I want to keep it straight in my head and um, I've got nothing else. I just probably stopped paying attention. Or I just couldn't be asked anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother making any more notes because there's nothing to say other than this doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. As, as I said, like for me, Chibi Boba Fett was cool to see. I liked that. I like it. It was voiced by Tamira Morrison. I'm mm-hmm. happy Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in this somewhat, but... 
I thought it was it was definitely a weird concept. It was incredibly predictable. I found in the sense of although it was messy, I was like, once you found out they were a band and he was a big slug thing, you were like, well, he's obviously a hut. Obviously, <laughs> Jabba's trying to get him. And I doubt they're going to end on this big downer. So they're probably going to get to play. And it was just so slow, so messy. And as you say, all the cool bits that you want to find out is like, you know, a Padawan escaping Order 66. Like Order 66 is one of the most underutilized things in all of the um, Star Wars mm. at the moment. Mm. They've got done a few stories here and there. And I think in Legends they did a bit. But it's like, when it started, I was like, oh, we're going to get an Order 66 story. This is exactly what I want. And then I was like, nope, let's do a pop punk band. And there's the video game. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order does a whole um, Order 66 I mean, bit in it. It could have been like a parkour chase scene for like mm. 20 minutes of him like yeah. getting away. That, that would have been awesome. Him going through some like mad city trying to get away. And, and having like flashbacks or something to his master or something yeah, like that. that would have been cool. Yeah, and then it was just this weird pop-punk song. And when me and Megan were listening to it, we were like, this not only isn't a very good pop-punk song, <laughs> but also... I. I don't want to hear it. Like if I know anime, you know, especially starting sequences and things, especially they're very heavy on having a cool starting theme. Um, I know that fairy tales got um, a few cool ones. Dragon Balls, some of the new series have got cool ones as well. Or even oh, Dragon Ball Z had Rock the Dragon. So I know that it's quite a key thing in a lot of anime to the starting music. And obviously uh, Japan especially has such a thriving music scene in so many different layers and alternative stuff. But I was just like, why, why here? Like, if they had it over the credits, if it, like, they started playing and ended, and then over the credits you heard it, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. But they started playing it, and I was like, oh, it's going to end soon. It's like, no, you just have to watch (laughs) this band play, not very good pop punk, for ages. And you're like, what? And it ends. And you're like, what was that? (laughs) What was, as you guys have both uh, much more eloquently put, it was just one of those things where it's like, I don't understand the point. Mm. There was not really much of a message. They didn't really even end. It kind of just was like, Oh, they got to play a gig. Yep. Is Jabba still going to kill them? I mean, Jabba's pretty ruthless in every other bit of content. He probably let them play. Did he kill them? Did he let them be a band for him? I don't know. And it's... Yeah, that was strange. What about you, Megan? What did you think of the... This is my favourite episode. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Loved it. Can you even remember much about it? (laughs) Uh, I remember the singing. I remember when they sang, they did the little animation where it was the like little jaggedy lines that come out of their mouth to show that they're yelling. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really like it that much. No. I <laughs> didn't like it at all. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember much about this, again. Yeah. However, I remember not enjoying it. Yeah, when we showed when I showed Megan, I was like, oh, this is this vision thing we're going to watch. And the duel came out, and I was like, that's amazing, it's really cool, but... It probably won't hit the right marks for Megan because she isn't as involved in that sort of stuff. So I was like, oh, okay. The second one, it started and I was like, this is going to be the kind of one that Megan likes. And then it ended and I was like, Megan is going to hate yeah, me. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't selling the show to me, if I'm being completely honest. Not at all. I feel like I should have watched them all and then kind of chosen an order and just omitted a couple of them. But um, yeah, so we're all pretty on point here that Tatooine Rhapsody, I think we all consider is probably the worst of of them i'd say mm. oh so you you guys may not oh. there's okay. one i think's worse than this yeah oh i've got i've got a thought of what that might be it's probably the one that's similar animation style but we'll we'll get to that <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure uh, is there anything else you guys want to say about this uh probably not but is there anything else you want to add no both shaking your heads okay um so as i said that was 5.3 out of 10 imdb i'd probably be fairly agreement with that if not a bit less um so we move on to number three which is the twins now mm. For the English dub, um, Neil Patrick Harris and Alison Brie were the main characters in this, um, interestingly enough. Um, it got 6.3 on IMDb. Um, and so let's go... I'll say some of my thoughts on this in general. Mm-hmm. I thought visually 
incredible. I thought it looked amazing. Mm. Um, I thought the some of the ideas of behind it, like um, Kyber Crystal Armor was quite cool. I quite like the Star Destroyers connected and stuff. But I think, and I think the idea was cooler than the execution. I think that mm-hmm, on, yeah. on paper it sounded amazing. And then mm-hmm. the plot was a bit weak and the dialogue was pretty awful. Uh. It, was, it was that kind of really standard tropey, like late 80s, early 90s anime where anime didn't have as much of a Western following. So they didn't put as much effort in to it, the dubbing. So half of it just doesn't land. It's just that sort of thing of like, you know, oh, the Kyber Crystal, it's got so much power. I can feel the power. It's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then the big bit that I remember Megan asking me, and I had no answer for this, was how did they breathe in space? Oh, right. right. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody the same time. <laughs> gets pissed off about Leia floating around in space. <sighs> right. Everybody, but... The internet lost its fucking minds over it. Like, actually lost its minds. It was the most insane moment. I was like, everybody just calm down. It's a fucking fantasy film. And I love Star Wars, but chill the fuck out. And then in this, they're just hanging around on tops of ships, fighting in space all the fucking time. I, I, oh, I don't like this episode. I like it more than shitty mcshitty tattooing rhapsody <laughs> shitty but i just ah and that just drove me round the bend it really really annoyed me and i couldn't suspend my disbelief from it because we've got this history of people being pissy little babies about leia floating in space <laughs> i mean i, right. I do I, i've I, really been holding that in i didn't know that i was i mean that's, that's <laughs> one of megan's that's one of the things that makes megan hate the last jedi oh yeah i think it's so dumb but this also goes to show how much i remember about visions because i don't <laughs> even remember asking mike that question <laughs> but i do remember them being sat on top of the spaceship yeah, cause you, yeah, like yeah, yeah. no stuff. yeah no. And, uh, but no yeah the, that is one of the reasons why i despise the last jedi is because she does this weird like weird fucking voodoo magic trick where she floats across space with her hand it pisses me off. Oh, no, it pisses me off my love. <laughs> uh, I think they could have done that scene a lot better last year. But, but like, well, I think they yeah. could have done it better. But I also think, like, I've, you know, unlike I'm not like Megan. Like, one little thing's not going to annoy me. <laughs> but I'm like also like in all of you know the things in Star Wars history that we can get annoyed about. And I doubt Megan was on the internet being like, "Oh my god, Star Wars is ruined." I every hate women. every like, minute, die, right? <laughs> I just like I was just like, can we just have a proportionate response? And then we get a whole animation short of people pissing about in space on top of starships. Yeah. And it, it doesn't make sense in the in a way that they're in spaceships, so you know like they're spaceships and there's like ratios and stuff. So you can see that there's something keeping the air in. I thought it was gonna be a case they're gonna go outside and like their crazy crystal armor was gonna like pop up and be like a mask breather thing, like in uh, certain characters in Legends or like Darth Vader when he gets damaged, or I was Or thinking, like they're part robot or something, because they're these yeah. specially made evil twins. Yeah. Or just even a line of dialogue just being like they've learned to breathe in space, or they yeah. channel the force through them to allow them to spend five minutes in space because I thought they were going to fight and then what was going to happen is eventually the point they're not having air was going to become apparent and it was going to be like oh now they need to get back in because they're running out of air but that just never happened it was just like so can everyone breathe in space is it just these two how hard is it to animate one of those just circle things that's just clear over someone you know I mean how hard is it to animate that how hard is it just to write a good story <laughs> touche <laughs> so what about you Jack then uh, I know that you were seemingly quite annoyed by the same sort of thing as well what about your thoughts on that element as well as the rest of twins yeah well I think you know 
we're in the realm of space fantasy, let's be honest. And then we're on anime space fantasy on top of that. So we should be allowing a little bit of scope for it, but I don't either. I hate it. It really bothered me. Um, the second it started and I'm sort of in between summer with the layer moment in last year. I don't like it because I just think it's badly done more than, yeah, and I know, I know there's like excuses after like there was a bit of air that was being sucked out of the ship with her and stuff like they came out with all this bullshit afterwards to try and get away with it. Um, just, you know, there's some rules you can't break and you can't breathe in space. That's just it, right? There's no option up there. So like, that's just it. You can't break the rule. It doesn't matter what genre you're in. There's some things you just got to stick to, I think. So that bit really bothered me. But I agree with you, Mike. I love the animation. Um, it was quite like flat and 2D and like retro mm. in that way. I thought it was really cool. Years ago, like, and I mean like nascent internet era, I loved this um, like web show called Ninja, the Little Ninja. Right. Which I then Googled after because I wanted to find out what happened to it. Because it was like, it was just these guys releasing it for free. And I think there were about 12 episodes they released um, over the course of a long period of time, like a year, a couple of years. Mm. And then it went away because somebody gave them the commission to make a movie. And then, of course, that never happened. So um, you can't watch it, unfortunately. It doesn't exist. But it was this like they were making it on Flash. It was like this Flash 2D. But it was so cool. So it reminded me of that. So I was in on their animation style. But yeah, the exposition dumps of dialogue were just fucking awful. Mm. Just people standing there, just explaining stuff to you. Um, yeah, about how like, how about how the Star Destroyer works, and it's like, and this does that, and that does this, and the Kyber Crystal does this, and because we're we're twins and we're joined, and the ships are joined. Like, okay, we we get it. Thanks, we get it. Let's move on. Um, I mean, the end was cool. We had like a New Hope trench run combined with a Holdo maneuver. Yeah structure it looked visually awesome made no sense whatsoever but um yeah I, i'm sort of a mixed bag for me this one mm. yeah i think one of the things that megan said specifically when we watched it was when he did the hyperspace jump and he's holding his lightsaber the first thing you just yelled at you went how was she alive <laughs> you watch the whole ship get like cut in half and then you go oh so it gets to here and it cuts her like this um she's got like the kyber crystal thing mm-hmm. in her armor in a sense but it's like but that that was several. That was like a half a meter up from where the lightsaber should have started cutting her. It should have cut her from like her legs up to that point, mm. and it didn't. And it's it cut the whole ship beneath her in part. And I'm just and so it was one of those things where I liked the idea of the twins, and I was like, oh, this is almost like what if Leia and Luke had been mm-hmm. picked up mm-hmm. by the Empire? And I was like, this could be very interesting, very cool. And obviously, one of them slightly good, one slightly bad. The imagery, the parallels are good, but it was as you guys said, the dialogue was awful, and then. If they'd have just done two or three tweaks, I could have probably got over the dialogue because it's just some anime just has terrible dialogue, at least the yeah. dub versions do. And that's just kind of... Anime does often have quite cheesy, lame dialogue and a lot of elements, even stuff I like. So I was like, I can be okay with one thing or the other. When it's... You know, when... It, especially this is only like 15, 20 minutes long or something. It's like, there's not... There's not that much content to really warrant having two major elements mm. of it being mm. bad or at least mm-hmm. badly executed. And it was such a shame because there were so many cool elements to it. I, as you know, Rhea said in when we talk about the jewel, it's like kyber crystal stuff. And that is such an interesting thing. And I love the idea of using kyber crystals to make different technology and stuff, like with the armor. But it just then completely undid itself mm. by the hyperspace mm. jump and the fact they could breathe in space. I don't know if you have anything to add. I know you couldn't remember this one that well, but you have anything to add on the uh, the twins one? No, not really. Cool. Fine. Anything else you guys want to add before we uh, move on? 
I don't know what Neil Patrick Harris and Alison Brie were directed to do, but they're just screeching at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Delivering their dialogue was just unbelievable. Mm. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that that dubbing got past anybody. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll publish this. Mm. I was just like, I'm sorry. Why did you not get those two actors back to to redo it? Because that was it, that's the worst dubbing for me. Mm. Do we I think, think it's so on purpose? It's meant to be like retro. It's meant to be because, Mike, you, you know, you were saying that. like it's harkening back to these types of anime, which I don't have any experience in, so I can't comment. But do we think it was a purposeful thing? No, I think they were <laughs> trying to make it look and feel retro. Yeah, but it's like one of those things, like, and it's one of the things that this one and Tony beat me out with comics in motion, which still triggers me today. Which is saying that Star Wars has always been inconsistent, and therefore for new ones being inconsistent, that's consistent with previous Star Wars, which I mm-hmm. think was bullshit answer ever it's one of those things where it's like if you're doing something to be a homage to something else it has to be you're homaging over the good bits or taking the mick out of the bad bits you don't just go you know the shit bits from that old film yeah all that pithy dialogue and how women are represented let's bring those elements back into modern film it's like no you choose the good bits and you mock the bad bits you don't bring the bad bits forward that's literally the when people remake films they seem to always do which drives me mental but yeah that i do not think they did intentionally i think Mm. what they were going for was something that was big and epic and stuff but like the only time from my experience with anime um when you have it where characters are yelling and it works is when there's a build-up to it Mm -hmm. when there's some sort of you know it's normally dragon ball z it's about them powering up and they normally fight about eighteen thousand times get almost killed about 12 times and then the last kind of hurrah they build up all this power there's like a whole episode of them just charging power then they go for it. And it's kind of like, okay, you've had three hours of content to build up to this point, and it's a build up, and then it explodes. When you've got the first five minutes of something that's 15 minutes long, mm. and immediately they're just shouting at each other, mm. it's, it doesn't it doesn't level up. You, you don't feel the emotion. You just go, these people... It's are, just one note, isn't it? That's exactly yeah. it. That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, so uh, it wasn't as much fan. I think it's kind of middle ground-ish. I think, yeah, visually it was mm-hmm. great, but... Mm-hmm. The other things kind of let it down a bit, um, but I don't think that was the worst for me. Um, you guys ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. The Village Bride. So this is one of the ones that we just rewatched, uh, Megan. So you should remember this well, one. Well, no, because I went to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> we watched it just before the podcast, I and I needed to go to the loo, and it was going to finish at like... Yeah, I know. I so know. I, I didn't actually watch it. I went to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. To be fair, this one was actually one... the puddle one. mystery continue? <laughs> 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 so this was one which um the and i want to clarify when i'm saying some of the actors in this i've only picked out actors generally that i either recognize or things i'm not gonna just sit here because mark hamill was in one of them he was i, yeah, I recognize the voice mark of mark hamill we, i think he was somewhere but i don't know if it was listed on imdb because I, I tried looking on imdb and i couldn't find it it seemed like he was like a narrator of one thing but he does seem to randomly cameo and stuff mm. and they don't always credit him they call him mm. someone else because he's been in like all the sequel films i think Apart from, I think it was Solo, he has some sort of minor cameo in uh, many vocal stuff. But this one, the only um, actor that was in the English dub that I recognised was uh, Karen Fukuhara. And she is from The Boys, um, which people know the the silent one who's with Frenchie. She's in The Boys. That's the only name that really jumped out to me that I sort of recognised. But The Village Bride, it got 7.6 on IMDb. Um, This one... I did enjoy, I'd say, but mm-hmm. let's let's go with uh, one of you two. Um, 
I think I can't remember who I, I keep forgetting who I start with so I feel really rude I don't want to just Jack can choose. go first because I there jumped in in the last one being angry about <laughs> in space um, this is an interesting one isn't it I think I could see that people would really dislike this one right because it has a dreamlike quality it has like um, at times it's keeping you a little bit removed from the story I think but I, I was watching thinking I'm not sure I like this hmm. and then afterwards it stayed with me which told mm-hmm. me that it was it did something good. So, um, yeah, I really like the main characters. I like Valco and F. I really like their designs. They're really cool. With that cool, like Valco, with his like helmet that came up, yeah, and it had a, had a like mask, didn't she? Like Bane type mask. I thought they've been really well designed. And then we had the, all this stuff that was going on around them about like being you know symbiotic with the the world that they live in, and and and, and there's that kind of environmental message that was going on. So, yeah, I think. Initially, I was unsure, but then, like I say, the, 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 after I finished the whole series, that's one that I that has stayed in my mind. Hmm. Whereas some others have done a Megan and they've disappeared off. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a Megan's a very good way of putting it. Megan. Megan will not remember a film that after watching it once, apart from really, really specific ones like Viva Vendetta. We recently. Oh watched. no! The the best one was when we watched Spider Man. The, the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Mm. And I had seen it, but remembered nothing about it, apart from the fact that I remember him being in a room that had big windows. And I was like, he's in a place and there's really big windows. And then we were watching it. And I was like, there it is. I was like, there it is. There's the windows. <laughs> it's just a bedroom in the first one. I was it's like, in his flat. Of all the things of the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man to remember, of everything in the whole film, good and bad, you remember the fucking I still, windows. I still probably couldn't be able to tell you what actually happens in Spider-Man. He's got, he's got Willem Dafoe and he gets oh, bitten by a spider. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, okay. yeah. that's the main way you can remember it. Um, <laughs> you're not on Letterboxd, Megan. You need to get on there because you, yeah. you'd be everywhere of these, you know, like people posting like... Look at this funny review that this person's done because that would be where we were Spider Man. Yeah. I love that scene when he's there with the big window. <laughs> It'd be great. Just, it's just in his flat. Yeah. Megan, and Megan, it's funny because Megan has such strong opinions about Spider Man 3 and almost none about the first two, but we're not going to get into that. If you want to hear about that, guys, go on our Patreon. It's on there. It's nice. on there. And Megan spoke, actually, it's on the Comics Emotion feed, actually, because we released it on the Spider Man 3 review because me and Megan went on about it for yeah. half an hour. Chris, Chris, <laughs> Chris called me his spirit animal. Because yeah. <laughs> of just how often one you went. We just couldn't. It's one of the only afterthoughts where I couldn't stop you talking because you were just like, and this is shit. Oh, so, and I hate James so, Franco. So he so sucked. Why did this happen? And that dance was awful. Anyway. anyway Anyway, let's, let's leave Spider-Man 3. what did you think of The Village Bride? I really liked this episode. I know not many people have been that glowing about it, but for me, it felt very Avatar The Last Airbender. It mm. could have slotted into any of their seasons. I thought it was a really nice, gentle pace and quite different from a lot of the others yeah. and from Star Wars in general, which I really, really enjoyed. I thought that it actually had quite a lot to say I mean I think it was you know cheesy in terms of it wasn't anything that we'd seen before mm. and we all like we all knew what was going to happen right there's the Maldi sister I wonder how Jack feels about that who gets herself into trouble um, <laughs> <laughs> and the more sensible sibling who's trying to sort things out um, you know and it, it's really obvious that F is like clearly a Jedi and all of those sort of things but I just think it was really well done really well executed and and like Jack it's it's one of the ones that stayed with me I just thought it was really nice short succinct storytelling that knew what it was doing Mm, I don't think there was a moment wasted in this one Mm. I I think that it was because when it was one of those ones that I I really remember enjoying it 
when I saw it, but I, it was one of the ones I remembered the least. When the details, I was like, I specifically wanted to rewatch this before this podcast because I was like, I remember enjoying this, but I could barely remember anything about it. So I don't hold <laughs> Megan. I don't feel bad about Megan not remembering it because I genuinely didn't before <laughs> we watched it literally like half an hour or an hour ago now. And so with it, I, I really enjoy the pacing, as you guys said. I like the feel of it all, the connectivity and stuff. And, you know, it's quite... I like that it's quite an insular story. It's the polar opposite of Twins. Like, Twins is trying so desperately hard to be, this is going to destroy the world, these two Death Stars can blow up planets again, and you're oh, can you just leave the fucking planet killers for a rest for just a couple years, please, Star Wars? I'm sick of it. I don't need every threat to be world-ending or galaxy-ending. Sometimes it's just you want to save 20 people. That That is a big deal. <laughs> we don't need everything to be the world-ending stuff. So with The Village Bride, I liked the local feel of it. I yeah. liked that it was kind of... It's the journey of F and um, the other character whose name I've forgotten. But like their journey, they were just kind of in that area at the time. And they just mm-hmm. saw some customs of these people. And they just happened to be there when the separatists came in. Obviously, we got the battle droids coming in, which was cool. And I really liked the ending where it had the kind of very old school samurai stuff. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the trope, in, and it's not a trope in a bad way. I think it's a brilliant trope where you've got like the samurai holding a, cl- a sword in its sheath and it just lifts it like up by like an inch and then something in front of it cuts and it's like the, the fastest cut ever. That's what it made me feel when the separatist has got the girl um, at gunpoint and mm. then she's there and there's really cool like high heel shoes that were quite futuristic which are really interesting I liked it when they go slowly fall back oh uh, yeah they're like the oh, jet yeah. shoes yeah, yeah. Mm. and then she suddenly just click and then she's on the other side of him with her lightsaber drawn that's yellow crackling and he's just there for a second and I, I quite like that anime trope as well where someone kills you so quickly you've kind of you're not really dead yet and then his hand you know falls off and stuff and I just thought it was they could have made this big, massive action scene and going all crazy and stuff, like the Jordan, like twins tried to do and stuff, but it didn't need to. It was, she wanted to be precise and quick and snap. And that's what she did. Mm-hmm. And I think it fits in with her character really well. And I like the connections with the separatists. I like the fact that's the kind of Star Wars adjacent stuff I liked because once again, that almost felt like it could have almost been in the Clone Wars in a sense, but not so much it's entrenched in the canon. So, I really like that, and I like the look of her lightsaber as well. Um, like I, I've got a note here, which is I quite like in, although lightsabers show up quite a lot in these, I like how most of them have some sort of interesting variant, and I like that. I like, you know, some of them, they're really thin, like actual swords, and this one was quite similar to that. So I thought this was really cool um, in many different ways, and yeah, there's the planet's memories, which is quite an interesting concept. I quite mm-hmm. enjoyed. I Like, right at the end, I'll ask about certain things we want to to finish it off, certain things we'd like to see from this in the canon. But that's probably one of the ones I would like to see. So is there anything else you guys want to add on uh, The Village Bride before we move on? Nope. I mean, other than I think, you know, we spoke at the start about this idea of, like, East meets West. And this is a really good example of that that blending, isn't it? Like, Mm. we've got Yahimbo, and then we've got um, A Fistful of Dollars. And then we're we're moving back again. So we've got the idea of you know like like Star Wars is inspired by Kurosawa, and now we're moving back into the East again. So I think um, it, it does that perfectly. It balances those two worlds. Mm, yeah, I agree. And yeah, so this was actually this had seven point six on IMDb. Yeah. Um, so it's quite. It's the fourth highest one. Yeah, yeah. It's the fourth highest one. So it's, it's general middle ground ish. Um, which I, I think it probably deserves maybe a bit more than 7.6. I think it probably near an 8, but you know I don't necessarily hugely, hugely disagree with that. Um, so we move on to episode 5, which was the ninth Jedi. 
Now, this is the highest rated of all of them. Uh, this is one that you and I recently watched. So we'll let I Megan... Can, I can actually talk about because it. Because she literally watched it about an hour ago. So there's no excuse to <laughs> and not... And I remembered it all anyway. You did. It was the, probably the, the only one we probably could have got away with not re-watching. But it was my favourite one. And the one that rem- Megan remembered the most. <laughs> which would have been helpful to watch some of the other my ones. My brain. But... It doesn't, I don't understand my brain. But Ninth Jelly, go on then, Megan. Take us away what you thought about this I one. liked it. It was good. I really enjoyed this one. I thought there were lots of different things about it that were really interesting, and they're things that I would like to see in different Star Wars movies, like the like how the lightsaber is specific to the individual, mm-hmm. so it changes depending on who's holding it. I thought was a really cool concept. Um, I, I yeah, I really really liked this one. This was definitely my favorite by far. It, like realistically. I wasn't overly fussed about the whole series in general, but I kind of knew that going into it that 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 would be my thing. But I was really surprised by this episode. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, because I think when we watched... Because as I said, we generally-ish watched them in order, but I think The Ninth Jedi and The Village Bride were two of the longest ones. So I think Mm -hmm. those were ones that we didn't quite watch till the end, or nearer at the end of our watch. And I think that those two were the two that I recall you probably enjoying the most. And they're the ones we watched towards the end. Yeah, so. and and the Lop and Ocho yeah, one yeah, I yeah. liked as well. But yeah. yeah, no, I really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got... Um, with me with Ninth Jedi, I, I agree with you there. I think the the concept of this was excellent. The whole execution mm-hmm. was amazing. The plot, I think, is probably the strongest in this one mm-hmm. of all of them. And I just... This was one of the only ones that I saw, and I was like, I actually want more. I want... Yeah. I would love to see a sequel. I'd love for them to bring out Vision Series 2 and there to be Ninth Jedi Part 2 or the Tenth Jedi, whatever you want to call it. I thought every character was balanced. I thought they brought about loads of interesting concepts. There was like a couple of twists. Not just one, but there was two, which was mm-hmm. quite brilliant to do in a 20-minute... Basically, one episode of an anime. The fact that you could do that... This was another one where I don't think a moment was wasted. And I think that... I don't think even a quarter of a second was wasted. I think this was as close to perfection as you could get in this format and in amongst these. And I think the whole, I think the ideas that the studio had when they made this was absolutely on point. And for me, I feel like this could almost have happened hundreds of years after the end of episode nine. I feel like this could have basically happened in Star Wars. And as Megan said, the attuning of the lightsaber crystal, that's such a genius idea that I would love to see in Star Wars done in the right way. Uh, going forward and I think that it's both a genius idea within the Star Wars universe but also as a plot device without it without like the twins basically having to be one or the other this marry it together very very well so um, Flaws yours guys which one of you two wants to go next (laughs) I don't really have anything else to add I completely agree this is possibly my favourite it may change as we talk about the others Um, but yeah I, I really enjoyed it and I had this great moment, so I was, I was tidying the kitchen whilst watching it, and I knew that the twist coming with the with the group of mm. Jedi's was coming because you know it just felt like it was, but not in a sort of like oh it's really obvious way. It just felt like that's clearly what's going to happen because yeah, because it's such good storytelling, and I genuinely went oh no like in excitement when it happened <laughs> just by myself in the kitchen with my headphones on. That like, I just really liked it. I thought I just tight storytelling. I could see a whole series just carrying on this story um and again again with the dubbing which i'm going to keep on going on about this was the best for me i think they really got it they really nailed it and i just yeah i loved it and jack yeah i mean this felt like the pilot for a tv series didn't it the rest felt like 
individual stories, but this felt like the start of something that everyone would want to watch. I think Cara is incredibly likable as a lead. Mm. Yes. Um, she was really well con- concepted and acted by the, by the, the voice actor. I think um, the school was really epic. It's the first mm. one that I thought like that, that was hitting the, the John Williams realm that, that Star Wars deserves. Um, I really like the, the look of the photorealistic backgrounds at times. So when she yeah. was on like that speeder bike and it was the chase scene, it was almost like, like drawing over the top of photographs, which I thought looked really cool. Um, yeah. The force is strong with this one. <laughs> yeah I, I loved it and i think as well another it's actually got three twists in it, i realize which is the the twist of you know the the sith acolytes being sith not jedi that was yeah clever. i'm not sure that's I, I think i think they tell you that's going to happen personally yeah yeah I don't, I don't, they do it's necessary but, twist i think they kind of telegraph that but it's quite clever because when we rewatched it when uh ethan walks up to them and says oh are you guys jedi here too they don't answer his question mm-hmm. they yeah, say yeah. they say oh we, we yeah, received he the asks, call are you um masterless. Like masterless jedi yeah and they said we were brought we were messaged by Juros mm-hmm. to come here and whatever so there was i mean i, I see what you're saying it is it is led it, it's a twist to the characters inside the universe but you yeah. do get led to the conclusion it's one of those things a little bit like fight club i find where about 15 20 seconds maybe a minute before it happens you're like i th- I think this is what's about, and then it happens. Like, <laughs> it is, it is. So I like that. The other thing was obviously the robot droid thing had the guy inside of it. I quite like mm-hmm. that idea. And then the other thing I really liked actually was that the guy who had the red lightsaber, and then once they were all beaten, it changed to purple. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Dude, cut, basically back up. Like, remember, you're kind of you're with us. You're a goodie." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And he had the purple saber, and I really enjoyed that as well. And I just thought with. um the main girl that you just said her name, Cara, Cara, Cara. where her lightsaber color was like, it, it was this interesting, she hadn't really found like herself. Translucent. Yeah. Mm. And she hadn't found herself yet, but during the fight, when she knew what was right and what was wrong, it became green. Mm. And I think, you know, this, I could, we could almost do a whole podcast just on this episode because yeah, it's even like the, the asteroid mining, it's just a tiny bit of the start. We've got these oil rig looking things flying into space and pulling stuff down and the the temple underneath an asteroid there was just so many layers to everything and i as i agree with you guys like i would love to see a series of this like mm. i think it'd be excellent sounds um, like we're not alone if it's the highest rated yeah yeah it's the highest rated by a fair amount the next one down is the jewel which is 8.3 um and this was 8.6 so yeah very very good and everyone seemed to enjoy it a lot which i completely mm. concur with is there anything else to add before we move on to the next one I guess it's just not really surprising considering so it's production IG who who did that segment and they'll they've done millions of things that you would have known. But I think, you know, one of the best things that I think works with this is they did the animation sequence in Kill Bill Volume One for the oh. origin of Oranishi. Wow. Um, and obviously they it's Ghost in the Shell, Neon Genesis, Evangelion, which I can never say, um, the Sakura Wars and all of that sort of stuff. So I think, you know it helps that they've got that powerful mm. story. You know, they are amazing at telling stories. And I think that shows, and I'm not saying like this against any of the other animation studios, but when you're comparing to that sort of skill and talent and long history, I think this was always going to be the one that comes out on top. Yeah. That's a very good point. Very good point indeed. Um, so we'll move on to the next one, um, which is, um, Toby or T-O-B-1 um, obviously about the the little AI droid boy um, very similar in style to kind of Astro Boy in a lot of ways um, so 
did you remember much about this, Megan? Not overly, no. I think I enjoyed it, but I don't really remember it. It's quite cutesy. Yeah. It's definitely one of the other ones which aimed at a younger audience. Yeah. And you can feel it as soon as it starts. I, I think I remember that. I think I don't I don't remember disliking it. Mm. I can I can norm I can normally remember the emotion that I felt when I watched the thing if I can't remember what is actually in it yeah and to be honest i feel neutral (laughs) i have no real emotion either side so i can see a lot of people really really disliking this and i can see especially a lot of star wars fans really really disliking this but i personally i enjoyed it i don't think it's the best but i I thought it was good in certain aspects but what about yourselves do you got what what are your sort of thoughts i think Rhea started last time so let's go to let's go to jack this time I hated it. There we go. I knew one of you would. I knew at least one of you would hate it. I thought... It was so painful. Toby is the new Jar Jar. (laughs) I hate Toby. That's a a bold statement. That is. Oh, my God. And it just felt like all the shit from episodes one and two put into 20 minutes. I just wanted... I I wanted it to be over so badly. And I want... I, I, I think it's the first time ever watching something in Star Wars. I thought... Oh, come on, Sith. Just win and get this over and done with so we can... Yeah. This is is the Star Wars fanboy coming at me. This is that, you know, the the guy sitting on his computer in his parents' basement in his pants. Uh, Yeah, this was a really painful watch for me. Do you think this was worse than Tatooine Rhapsody? By a long way. Wow, really? really? I didn't like Tatooine Rhapsody at all, but I... Like vehemently hated this episode. <laughs> wow. Let just quick. Do you think this is the worst piece of Star Wars you've ever seen? <sighs> or the worst there, twenty minutes? It's up of there Star with Wars. the yeah, probably the worst twenty minutes of Star Wars. It's up there with some of the stuff in the Clone Wars movie. Oh, oh yeah, that, that, that is. That's the awful. only that I think Tat- Tatooine Rhapsody. I think is not great, but I think the Clone Wars movie is probably the only bit of content in Star Wars I've ever watched, which I think is actively bad. God awful. Mm. Yeah, that film yeah. sucks. And and Toby. um so that Rhea what about you what do you think of this I did not hate it as much as Jack I I'm pretty middle on it I didn't think it was fantastic I didn't think it was particularly bad um I thought the having a droid have to you know it being like a son and all of that sort of stuff I thought it was a bit old hat so I I didn't care for it but I I certainly didn't hate it Hmm. um I don't think it's the worst. I think we all know which one I think is. Um, yeah, I just thought it was just, there was nothing new or I don't think it brought anything to any of the, anything to do in the Star Wars universe. It was all right. I mean, in in a common theme that seems to be this, I was tidying up some toys from the floor whilst watching it. And I was like, yeah, so right in the background for that. But I'm, mm. I'm not going to go back and watch it. Yeah, I, I'm more similar to how you feel about it, um, Rhea. Although... I did enjoy it somewhat. I didn't I didn't love it, but I do think that I actually really enjoyed the concept, but I only enjoyed it right at the very end. When I heard about a force sensitive droid, I was like, not a fan, really. It it doesn't seem to work. But because his core was a kyber crystal, and kyber crystals are actually alive in the Star Wars universe, I think that that element of it elevated the whole show for me, the whole episode, where I was like Force sensitive droid doesn't work, but then if you think, well, the, the core, the thing that's bringing it to life, the power, the battery of it is something which is inherently alive in Star Wars and creates power for lightsabers and Death Stars and everything else. I think that being at its core made the whole thing work more. I think the dialogue was a bit weak. I thought, you know, I wasn't thrilled when it was going on. I wasn't like, when's it going to end? I was more like, I, I don't, 
I'm kind of morally apathetic. I don't really care that much about Toby or his master or anything. When that bad guy showed up, I thought that was a bit weak. I didn't really, I was like, I know where this is going. I don't care. Mm. They're not going to kill off this thing. Um, but I think that the idea, although it wasn't executed perfectly, ha- had some merit to it that I think that if they, in a, I feel like in the Taika Waititi Star Wars, if they did something similar where they had a crate, like a weird droid that was just a bit weird the whole film, and then towards the end you find out that his power core is a kyber crystal, and he talks about the force in a weird way and interesting, I think if it was like an older droid rather than being basically a child, I think I'd have connected with it more. Mm. But I, I just think it was too much a child getting to go to the force, but also he's a robot, and it was a bit too muddled, I think. And I, I feel like the thing that I like the most about it could have definitely been done far better for me. Yeah, but I, I, it's one of those things I completely understand. No, I, th- no like, I think I think you're making a good argument there. I think I can't I can't disagree with anything you're saying. And it's just at the end of the day, some of these are just going to connect and some that aren't. That's yeah. what anthology shows are about, isn't it? Um, yeah, no, no, I I concede all your points. I still hate it. <laughs> That's fine. You can. The funny thing is with film, it's like we were talking about when we had that conversation about music. It's like with music and film, they're vastly different mediums. But it's like sometimes someone can explain to you why something is great. But at the end of the day, if you watch it and you do not feel that and you feel like you're hating it and not enjoying it, no mm. amount of explanation mm. can it's, really change well, that. It's like Fight Club. I don't like Fight Club. Yeah. And like the first, I, I've watched Fight Club before I met Mike and Mike was like, well, you clearly didn't watch it properly because you don't like it. <laughs> I was saying that partly in jest. I do or want to you, clarify. Or are you just not a middle-aged white man? <laughs> I do want to clarify. I was saying that partly in jest, but I did say, try and rewatch it So you watched me. it again and then I still hate it. So You hate it less. I did hate it less, but... Yeah, there are just going to be some things that you watch and you don't get on board with. Yeah, yeah. And I think I there's understand. a missed opportunity here as well. I think that mm. yeah, that all of these. I take take up what we said before, Mike. As well, you know, Star Wars is the Force. Really, that's kind of what it is about. But I think this was the opportunity to have one episode not about Jedi's and not about the Force and not about mm. Kyber crystals and not about because it doesn't all have to be about that. Um, but I think literally every episode is, isn't it? So I think this was the opportunity where you could have just had that one step removed, I think, maybe. Mm, yeah, because the concept of it, like, an, I really like ideas of AI being sentient and that sort of stuff. And there's like a C-3PO comic that goes into it a bit. Well, there's also an episode of The Clone Wars where it's just like C-3PO and R2-D2, like, it just follows them and they're there. Yeah. That yeah. could have been what this was. It could have just mm. been the life of this this droid mm. living his little life rather than it being this this thing where... He wants to be a Jedi, and uh... yeah, I th- I think it's one of those ideas where if you look at it from a distance, it can be quite cool. But when you start to really look under it, because it's like he knew all about the Jedi and stuff, and it's like, well, did his dad tell him? Because his dad kept telling him to not go into those things. So it's like, well, mm. how did he find this out? Like, there wasn't an explanation. Like he, if he found like an old book or something, then maybe it would make sense. But I think the dad kind of was a Jedi, but maybe wasn't. It's it's all a bit grey in the areas where that it could have really done with a bit more. Just a minute or two of extra exposition, mm. weirdly enough. Take some of the exposition out of Twins, put it into this, <laughs> and you'd have probably had both of them would have evened out a lot more. But yeah, I think TOB1 was a missed opportunity. I think it was all right, but yeah, I don't, I didn't love it. Um, and I got 6.1, so that's the second lowest of all of them. Uh, only the lowest one is Tatooine Rhapsody. So yeah, um, so we're going to move on to The Elder, if you guys have nothing else to add to TOB1. That's fine. So yeah, episode seven, The Elder. Um, so it's 8.0 out of IMDb. And two people noted in there is David Harbour, which I didn't realise to looking it up, which is the mm. guy from Stranger Things. Um, and also um, James Hong, who's he's just in lots and lots of stuff. Re- reeling off what he's been in would be um, 
it's just too too much really but he's done a lot of voice work and stuff um and so the elder well do you remember much about this megan that's yeah. the first question I'm going to ask every time we do that. <laughs> yeah. I actually do remember this one. This was like, there was a, a master and his Padawan, wasn't it? Yeah. And then the Padawan was like super keen to go and fight. Yeah. He was like really like into going in, out to fight this thing. He was almost like he was bored. <laughs> 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 uh, and then he goes out there and gets wrecked, doesn't he? <laughs> Which Ooh, I, I mean, think- Sorry, Megan, let's start there. I mean, that I call BS on that decision. This could have been awesome if they'd had the bravery to kill yeah. that kid off and stick with it. But, I mean, what happened? You got a slight little graze or something from a lightsaber? Oh, yeah. I hated that moment. It was but This is the thing as well, is like with that, like, it's like a really old, powerful Sith, isn't it? So, like, the, like, master has trouble fighting him. So mm. the fact that the Padawan <laughs> survives is just kind of like, Really, especially because anthology, you just think you've really? got you've got no. You don't have to worry if people get upset yeah. about characters being killed because, because the idea is is insular. Because also yeah. linking into that, like it's a flaw, isn't it? Like it's it's a path to the dark side because he's like so keen to go and fight. Like that's not the point of being a Jedi. So arguably, like I mean, you saw what happened to Anakin. Like yeah. he he turned really bad because mm-hmm. obviously he wanted to protect Padme so much. He wanted to go and fight so much and he was too keen. And ultimately that should have resulted in a negative thing happening as opposed to, oh, well, I'll smack you on the hand this time, but next time be careful. Like, Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like he should have died or at the very least, it's very common in styles for people to get their limbs cut off. And I was like, this would be yeah, a good opportunity yeah. if he got like his arm, like his lightsaber. Because he got raised anyway. Like, yeah. so. If he got his swiped and he just about survived, but the, his arm was cut off and then the end of it was him trying to deal with having a new arm and his master going, this is what happens when you go in headstrong and don't think about things. Now you have to adjust and mm-hmm. work twice as hard as you did before because of your own like stupidity, in essence. My argue, though, is is why the master didn't feel that there was such a dark force. Well, he did, but he just kind of let the paddle, just let the paddle wander into wander. the general direction. And that was his lesson. Because <laughs> I know that the master was kind of be like, oh, he's probably by a ship. Let's check his ship first. But I'm just like, if you've got a, you know, a paddle on who's quite gung-ho with everything... You don't let them go off by themselves, especially in like a little small village. You, they weren't in this giant city like Coruscant where they had to like spend hours trudging. It was like, well, there's a ship over there and there's a mountain over there. He can only really be in one of two places. Won't we both together go to the ship? When we see he's not there, let's go together to the other place. Um, so I, 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 did, I, I did enjoy this one. What did you think about this, uh, Rhea? I think it was near perfect, apart okay. from the fact that Dan survives i think it would have been so much more powerful because i think at the beginning they did really good storytelling and showing that he was kind you know saw him interacting with the kids i loved the uh the rapport between him and his his master i can't remember the character's name mm-hmm. um i and i thought it, it the build-up to that was really well i don't really mind that he went off to the mountain i thought you know it's storytelling right they need to split them up for this yeah. the to have two fights in it. I was like, I saw the point of it being there, but yeah, when he was alive at the end, I was so disappointed because I, because I got there and I was like, this is going to be my favorite one because it's going to be amazing. That's so dark that he dies. And then his master has to take on the fight and then like go back to the village. And like, Oh, I, you know, I, I envisioned it. He'd be carrying the body, you know, like Luke does with, with Vader and, and puts him down and burns and like maybe burns him in that little village. And then that didn't happen. And it was like, oh, the role is just to be kind. And I was like, oh, no. It's a cop out, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's and a- like you said, it, it's an anthology. So it doesn't, he can die. It's fine. Yeah. 
Is this the one where the kids are like really shy, but they are really yes. playful? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Cool. Go on then, Jack. Then so you're sort of, and I want to say, Ria, with I want to clarify the splitting mm. up thing. That is for me is a nitpick more so than <laughs> I want to clarify that I do agree with you in essence. I wouldn't probably I wouldn't quite go far to say I think it's per- near perfect aside from the death thing. I I really enjoyed this. I thought it did a lot of things right. I just think there's a aside from the guy not dying, which I think is probably the biggest flaw in the whole thing. I think there's a couple of just minor little bits that are a bit meh, but that doesn't for me take away from the story. Sorry, Jack. Mm. No, no, no. It's interesting, isn't it? Uh, like how we can all watch these and get such different things. Exactly. I thought this was very average. Um, mm. And I, you know, Bria, you've been talking a lot about the, about the voice acting. I thought David Harbour was awful in this. I thought he was really, really? stilted. I didn't think his delivery was good at all. And I heard some people criticising some of the, sorry to bring it back, some of the what if voice acting. Um, and I think here, I don't, I don't think he did a good job at all um yeah i found dan just really annoying <laughs> so when he died i was like okay good i mean that's why he was annoying that makes sense to me now um i thought yeah i thought the elder character was great i thought the fact that he spoke a little bit like yoda was really interesting that he's the bad guy and he, he he's reminding me of yoda i thought that was that was great the jewel in the rain was awesome beautifully animated um I just think, yeah, maybe maybe it's that one thing. That one thing mm. just it really just ruined it for me. I think um, it makes sense really how much you love it, knowing your history and background of the, of the animations that you like. I can see that this would be the one that would appeal to you the most. It has it has a Ghibli feel, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You see characters like you were saying, Megan, like looking from behind the shed and then him winking at them. All of that feels very, very Ghibli, very Ghibli, yeah. Yeah, that kind of. It it I think what the elder did is it didn't go dark enough in the sense that all of it was pointed it was kind of like all culminating to this dark end as you know, there's the elder, there's a dark presence, these people go and explore it, all these things, and they was like, Oh no, but everything's fine. Like, because everything it sets up everything for him to get killed at the end. Yeah. Like everything that happens, the fact that he even goes off by himself into the mountains right? when he's not like trained well enough or like mm. not at the right point in his training to be at that stage indicates that he would die yeah and then he doesn't <laughs> yeah it was just a bit of a cop out and it's yeah it's just why do that for an anthology what 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 did you gain from that you know it's mm. especially when there's other stuff in this which if if it was something like oh these are all really light and none of them really have any dark themes i'd be like okay it fits with the thing but but it's not that this is one of the darker ones, but I wouldn't even mm-hmm. necessarily say it's explicitly the darkest one. So it's like, why did you pull that punch? You know, and it, it, it just felt like a cop out. It was, it just felt unnecessary to kind of, all, the only thing I can think of maybe is the studio were kind of like, what if this could be, what if we could add to this? We'd quite like the dynamic. And I think mm-hmm. when you do that sort of idea, it's like the one thing that kills films, especially superhero films, is trying too hard worrying about setting up sequels we're not concentrating on the here and now, which is what Yoda says to Anakin. You know, focus on now. If things go well, think about the future when we get there. Don't n- screw things up here because mm-hmm. you might have something in the yeah, future. Yeah. Which is yeah, I think your idea, Mike, would have worked. You know, if we, I think it's what they cho- chose to depict as well. Like, if we'd seen him have his arm cut off, I would have been fine with that too. We'd have mm-hmm. been like, oh, yeah, classic Star Wars is getting his arm cut off. Of course he is. But they, sh- the way they shot it or the way mm. they animated it, w- looked like he'd been cut across the midriff. Yeah. It just makes no sense that this Sith Lord, like, I'll just give you a little graze. 
Yeah, not yeah. finish the job and not, you think the swipe yeah. as well. Like how you have to jump back, like to get cut by something. And for, obviously lightsaber cauterizes wounds, so you wouldn't bleed out necessarily. But like for it to cut you and for you to pass out, but for you to not have such severe things you die. Like what if the master like stood over him and did that force healing thing? Then it'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, that would have worked better. But it was just, oh, he got swiped a bit and he's all right. Yeah, he really should have died. Yeah. Like 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us championing the death of children. I, yeah, exactly. I earlier I was about to say he deserved to die, and I was like, that's not the right wording. Don't say that. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah, as I said, this got eight out of ten on IMDb. I'd be, yeah, I think around that maybe. I'd maybe steer a little bit lower, but I think that's a fairly good assumption. I think that the death part is probably the only real thing that's mm-hmm. a major problem for this for us. So move on to our penultimate one if you guys are ready for that. So we've got Lop and Ocho or Ocho. Um, I may be mispronouncing it. I probably am. Um, I've got a note here. The only reason I wrote this note down of one of the actors in it is Hiromi Dames, and she's in Hannah Montana. What is she in Hannah Montana? She is Tracy Van something or other. She's the the snobby friend of Hannah Montana's. But this was years ago. The only reason he wrote it down was because I saw her and I was like, I don't recognise her. And so I, I only wrote it down because Megan watches her. I used to watches. watch. It's not present <laughs> tense. Every used day. To. Gets home from work. Because I've got the Hannah best Montana. of both worlds. Uh, Hiromi dames i think her name was um but yeah so uh lop and ocho i think that do you recognize her i do recognize her yeah not from specifically hannah montana though yeah but so you megan you said this was one of the ones that you remembered a little bit so Mm. do you want to tell us what your sort of thoughts obviously there's the rabbit person and stuff yeah i i liked this i thought it had a nice message because like Mm. it's not necessarily the family that you grow up with that is the family that is the people that you love and care about it's the people that treat you nicely and that have good morals which obviously the the daughter like the actual biological daughter in this turns out to be bad i think it's Ocho is her name i think i think well she's not she's not bad but they just have different views on how the Mm. city should be run Mm. isn't it yeah so she obviously takes more of a dark side route whereas the rabbit person takes more of a light side route um but it's just like because obviously she inherits the family lightsaber i just like the fact that it's not just passed down from generation to generation from the basis that it's blood relatives but actually from who deserves it um i thought that was cool yeah i agree and i think the theme of because when we spoke with um alex and molly of styles explained one of the questions i asked them was what is star wars to you because everyone mm-hmm. the one of the reasons star wars is so popular i think and why it's also so divisive especially last jedi is everyone has their own thing about star wars some love the lightsabers the force the jedi but others love the starships and the planets and how you can have one scene there's like a billion creatures in it and stuff and i think the adopt um molly of stars explained said a, the adoptive family is something that really mm. connects with her with Star Wars because you always have that in in all the trilogies. Well, actually, less so the prequels, unfortunately. But in the original trilogy and the sequel, it's all about, you know, someone by themselves, something somewhat bad happens to them and they have like an adoptive family, people who care about them. And that's quite heavy in the sequel trilogy that they do quite well, I think, with both Finn and Rey. And I think this one, as Megan's pointed out, does it very well. And it's that, it's the very nice theme. I said, my notes here is the theme is brilliant. And a lot of the action's cool, and I, I like the world quite a lot, but I think the core story itself, for mm-hmm. me personally, wasn't as strong as it could have been. Mm-hmm. I, I think the story's probably the weakest part of it for me, although I don't think the story's necessarily bad. I just think it's not maybe as up to scratch with the other bland. ones. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. And maybe it felt a little bit long in places. It just kind of 
there were certain elements I wanted to be longer, but other parts I wanted to be shorter. So I think the mm. pacing was a bit uh, off in certain ways. So um, I can't remember who we started with again. I'm sorry, last time. <laughs> so what, which, which one of you two would like to volunteer first? And then the other one can be first on the next one. Yeah. I don't okay, you, can, you can have a big finisher here if you oh, want. Oh, really? I'll say yeah. I don't want to because I can't remember it. <laughs> really bad. Doing a Megan. You've done a you Megan. Know, I'm really going to force you to do it. <laughs> right, you go first on this one. It's going to be hilarious for the last one. I think I'm in complete agreement. Yeah, I, I really love the character design. I thought Locke was really cool. Um, mm. So different to anything we've had before. Like second yes. she was on the screen, I was like, yes, I really like this. And there's a great shot of her, like of her close up on her eye. And it looked like there was kind of a galaxy within her, her own eye, which I thought was really great. I love what you said, Megan, about the message. I thought that was really powerful. Um, the action was kinetic. I agree, Mike. However, this is the one that reminded me of Akira. People standing around shouting each other for like three minutes solid. Like, get on with something already. Like, you you don't agree. So let's let's fight or let's go in a different direction. Like, if that's what, like, I didn't watch Shakira for a long time. And then when I did, I was like, wow, yeah, the action is amazing in this. I can see how this was so ahead of its time. But I wish people would stop standing around shouting at each other <laughs> incessantly. So um, I think they're probably a bit... It may, may, may maybe not be the same bits you're talking about, Mike, but like the pacing here was like, move on, like move on now, please, please stop. And then the dad's sitting talking to to Lot for like five minutes. And it's like we said, it's like an 18 minute long short. So yeah, time wasn't always well spent, but what it did right, it did excellently. Hmm. Rhea? Yeah, agreed. I, I both really loved it and really frustrated with it at the same time for the same sort of reasons jack will know i also have an issue when people just sit around shouting at each other so i don't really like any reality tv or anything like that because i i just i will immediately switch off however i feel like the shouting in this was very true to anime yeah. <laughs> as much as it annoyed me and i was also like can we just stop shouting at each other i felt that it was at least there for a reason unlike some of the other shorts i thought it was just bad voice acting i love the message of it i i loved the animation i thought it was absolutely beautiful i thought Locke was beautiful i the the action i couldn't take my eyes off it but everything in between was just really slow and i just felt like the pacing was all over the place uh, you know i i really really loved the scene of of the adoptive father handing over the lightsaber mm. But I was also like, it could just be that. We don't need the exposition around it. We we understand. And he goes like, oh, I've never treated you well as a daughter. But we never saw that anywhere else in the mm. episode. I mean, thank God, because it would have ended up being like 50 minutes long. But I was <laughs> like, just cut that out. We don't need that. Like the, It's the action of him giving her the lightsabers, the powerful thing, not mm. all the chatting around it. So it's such a shame because I think it is really good and it is really powerful, but there's there are other problems which just makes it not as good for me. It's not letting the audience do any work, which I yes. think a few of these have, have a problem with that. And yeah. they have to tell you what you're supposed to know rather than just yeah. like, we would know he hadn't treated her the same as he treated his actual daughter because we're all intelligent viewers. And we know that it's good he's adopted her, but he would never have treated her the same. We just would have known that inherently. So, yeah, I think it, it's just it's not allowing us to be active viewers, as I would call it. And you see that from the beginning. Sorry, Megan. That's all right. No, 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 I was just going to say, you know that from the beginning, because it's not even him that wants her. Exactly, that's what I was the, about to say. Uh, yeah. It's the daughter that wants her. So mm. you can see from the start that it's not something that he ever wanted anyway. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it, and as you say, Jack, it's, it's one of the things that I find with, not only with an issue with this, but also with a lot of anime, which is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like a lot of anime, but most anime 
is conflated. You know, everyone just generally considers most amazing anime series have got about 10% of just filler, either episodes that do nothing or just... Like Dragon Ball Z is one of the worst for it. I love Dragon Ball Z, but there's a gen- genuine episodes where someone is just talking before a fight for like two or three episodes, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What is happening?" And they're just talking about nonsense. It just doesn't add anything. And I think that with Dragon Ball Z happens and anime in general happens, where it is that thing where it's like, where it's kind of trying a bit too hard to appeal to so many people. It's not. It's kind of treating everyone like an idiot. It's just basically being like, right, here you go. Here's your hand. They're a baddie. Look, because they're doing this thing and that thing. Oh, also, they're going to yell about the fact they're a baddie. It's like, I've just seen her like cut herself with white blood. <laughs> she used it as like, eyeliner. Which I thought was really cool. <laughs> I cool. love that. I thought that was a really good imagery. And then they went on about how, then they then followed that by her then talking about the Empire loads. And I'm like, you don't, don't need to explain that. We mm-hmm. know the Empire's bad. We've even seen it in this short. If you've never seen Styles before, you can mm-hmm. clearly see Lop and Ocho have two very conflicting views on how things should run, as Megan said, but generally in broad strokes, they want the same thing, you know, and it's just different people going about a similar thing in different ways. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a lot of messages in Star Wars in certain elements. And it's just, yeah, too yeah. much handholding. We all get the symbology of blood and we all get the symbology of red. It's fine. We're on board. Go. <laughs> and one little thing I want to add as well is she actually has a something that resembles a scouter, um, which I really liked, which is from Dragon Ball Z, the, the one eye thing that they used mm. to measure power. And it had a little carrot on the side. I was just yeah. thinking about that. I had a little carrot. <laughs> nice little things. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned as well, because um, we're about to get onto the last one, but one thing I forgot to mention was in, in this one and in the ninth Jedi, I think it was, the droids. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the droid. I can't remember what they're called, but I know in this one, uh, Lop has a droid companion. And in the ninth mm-hmm. Jedi, um, the, the girl, Kara. If, if that Kara, her name? yeah. Yep. She has a little droid companion that I really like. And they're new designs. You know, mm-hmm. I love, obviously, in the duel where you've got the R2D2 with the, the cool sort of straw hat on. I love that. But also, new droids that are cute and not just cute for the sake of it. They're just petite, make a little cute noise, but they have use. I really like it when they have that. I love seeing new companion mm-hmm. droids because everyone realistically like you know r2d2 is awesome it'd be cool to have one but like same as bba but like having a cool little droid with you to just be with you all the time would just be so cool and fun it's like a little pet and i really like that element of things in this as well as in uh the ninth jedi um is there anything that you guys want to add on lopinacho before we finish on the last one uh, this did have 7.3 on imdb by the way as well guys so this was quite a i think this was almost dead in the middle for what mm-hmm. people kind of viewed it as and mm-hmm. I'm somewhat in agreement. So I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit higher, but we move on to the finale, um, which is Akakiri. Now, this one I think we're all going to probably feel quite differently on. I have a suspicion. Mm-hmm. Um, it had six point four on IMDb, so it's mm. actually it's Toby at the bottom, then twin. Sorry, Tatooine Rhapsody, then Toby, then twins, and by a hair breadth, this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are in the sort of bottom four, and the only there's a few actors in it that are fairly well known but George Takai is in it which I quite enjoyed mm. um, so I'll, I'll open the floor to you I think Rhea you can remember it the least so you can start with this so I've watched it twice I watched it the weekend and then I watched it today thinking I didn't watch the ninth episode so I better watch it before this it turns out I had and it's come to this and I was going through Wikipedia to refresh myself and I'm reading it I don't remember this episode at all <laughs> And, and I'm not even like I don't know. <laughs> I saw Megan googling I, it. I had to Google it earlier to, to see if I can refresh style. my memory I, a little I'm, bit. And I'm reading the description. I'm literally like, I don't recognise any of this. I don't know any of what's happened. So I have nothing to contribute to. <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> Megan, do you I mean, anything? first time in, you know, 40 years. <laughs> not yeah, not quite, you. I know, but, you know, nearly 40 years, you've had nothing's contrary. Wow, it's happened. <laughs> Finally did it. It's recorded for posterity. <laughs> it's all Star Wars was. Star Wars have been going for basically about 40 years. This is just yeah, a build-up right. to yeah. this episode this. for Rhea. Uh, well, Megan, is there anything, because you looked up stuff, did that kind of rejig your I didn't, memory a little I, bit? I looked up images. Mm. Uh, and it's like, from, she, like, is it like her bodyguard? It's like she, it's like her bodyguard type thing, isn't it? And then there's like some sort of vision and he's trying to protect her and then he ends up having to go to the dark side. Does he die? Okay, I'll, 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 I'll give you a little bit more accurate. <laughs> oh brief. my God, I just feel like, just let me and Megan do this. We got it. Yeah. Um, I know it's a girl. She, a girl with a bodyguard, she goes on this journey to basically try and... Is her dad dead? You're asking lots of questions <laughs> and not, you, get, you, you need to pause for a second so I can explain it from what I remember. Because um, this is what, I do remember bits and pieces about this, but it's mainly a woman's going on a quest with her bodyguard, Air yeah. bodyguard, and it's about, you know, taking down the em- empire in essence. Because basically... They um, love to take down the empire. They do. But the whole premise of it, and I think this one actually links in with the, the name Visions the best even though I don't think it's the best one at all. Um, but it, he keeps having this vision of something and it gets clearer and clearer as it goes on. And the ending it shows, it's very similar to Anakin's journey in Revenge well, of the Sith. Well, I was going to say... It, it's, his whole vision is trying to... He's trying to protect her. He kind of falls in love with her. He's, I think they've been friends for a long period of time and stuff because he was a younger Jedi and he's kind of grown up knowing her and things. There's lots of flashbacks and stuff. Yeah. And he falls in love with her, basically. And then the vision is actually... He ends up almost killing her. That's yeah. the vision is him like attacking something. So I'll let Jack, <laughs> I'll let Jack, because I think Jack's probably got the biggest handle on this, um, of plot wise, uh, and your sort of thoughts on it. So the floor is yours, good sir. This is top three for me. I really liked it. Really? Yeah, I did. I think, um, yeah, there's familiar elements. Don't get me wrong, but then I think we could say that about mo- most of these, if yeah. not within styles, within within other um, popular culture. I think it was fast-paced. I think it didn't really do much of that exposition stuff we've been criticising elsewhere. Um, the landscape shots were absolutely beautiful. Mm. And in that way, it sort of was like Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings, this kind of like epic journey they're going on. I think they played into that kind of like two comedy characters. We had our like R2-D2 and C-3PO and the two That was assistant. specific. Yeah, they, they specifically, I remember checking something online and they were talking about how those two characters were meant to be exactly that. And I think R2 right. and uh, C-3PO are meant to be a nod to characters that were in one of those old school sure. um, samurai-esque films. I'm being terrible with my generalizations there. <laughs> I just, because I'm thinking of the seventh samurai. But yeah, and I think that they're like a homage to the droids mm. who are who are homage because it's kind of like a nice loop. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And I think I think their comedy moments kind of work. Um, the big kind of duel at the end was awesome. I mean, it had a very, very different type of movie, obviously, or I don't know this is a TV show, but it was like old boy, where like, we're just going to hold and we're going to let this play out. It was brilliant. Um, I think the the main character was he like called like Subaki or something like that. They kept saying his name. And I was like, what? 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 Even when I was watching it. But yeah, I can't like, remember. His master almost looked a bit like the emperor so again we're having this like foreshadowing this is going to happen so i think it was all it all came together really well i think it's a really bold decision to close this series called visions as you said you said with this character having visions that ends with a turn to the dark side that ends with the bad guys winning i think that's really bold that's quite a brave thing to do um this is the only other one that i can remember the score it felt like i had an epic score the elements all came together for me in this one i enjoyed it i i 
I feel like I remember enjoying it. You you did when we finished watching because the whole thing is he slashes his uh, the person he's kind of fallen for. She collapses because he's in basically a. She's been put in like a, the disguise of the guards, hasn't she? Yeah, she's. Oh sister. yeah. And so he's yeah, slashing yeah, yeah, at them all yeah. angrily, trying to get to the the sort of main oh, baddie. Yeah. And okay. he gets her, and then the agreement is that this person who he was trying to kill and so angry at, they have the power to heal her. Mm-hmm. But the only way they're going to heal her is if he pledges himself to them. Yeah, and then she's like, "What have you done?" Yeah, it's yeah. basically, to me, okay. it was very similar to basically Revenge of the Sith, but what if Padme survived? Really loosely, that mm-hmm. kind of thing where you're spending, you're obsessing over not losing this person, and that ends up being the thing that mm-hmm. caused oh, it's you. A, it's a pathway to the dark side, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I thought this was was pretty good. I, I did enjoy it. I, I, however, would say, although I thought it was quite visually stunning and things, I thought it took a bit too long to kind of get where it needed to be. Sure. Although although the travelling parts with those two people were meant to be comedy, I didn't really like them much. I didn't really think they were that funny. I got the imagery and I kind of got the R2 C3PO thing, but I just thought it was a bit too much of that and I wanted to know more about the their relationship and the world in a sense a bit more. Mm. And you did get a few flashbacks and I think it worked, but I it kind of left me wanting more in certain ways. But I also simultaneously liked and didn't like the bit where one of them got left behind. And then the mm. guy went back to get him, but there seemed to be no consequence or anything apart from just kind of showing he's a good person, the bodyguard. And I was like, I, you don't, I didn't feel like that was needed. It kind of seemed like unnecessary suspense. If mm-hmm. he'd have brought him back dead or something, once again, me <laughs> wishing characters we would die. love death. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just did feel a bit like that was a tad unnecessary, but I thought the ending was very cool. And I did, as you say, uh, Jack, I thought that the, the vision part was so linked with the theme of these. Mm. I really liked it. I feel like this one could have either been the first or the last one. I think this mm-hmm. and Jewel, they're kind of interchanging of they should have been the openers and the closers, I think. Yeah, they got well. those in the perfectly right place. And then, what, the Ninth Jedi was like in the middle as well. So like, I think yeah. Bang in the they middle. clearly knew that those three were, in my opinion, those three are the three strongest. And they probably thought that too, which is why they placed them where they did. Yeah, I mean, weirdly enough, this is dead in the middle. Friendly, a yeah, 6.4. I think that's harsh. I think it's a bit harsh. I'd give it a 7, I think. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all of them. So we'll start to wrap up here because um, we've been chatting for a long time and it's been joyous doing so. We'll kind of do some uh, just final thoughts and what we kind of want to see, if anything, going forward. So, Megan, did you want to spark off? Because as someone who has probably had the most amount of resistance to Visions, after watching the whole, the whole thing and kind of breaking down a lot of the episodes, what was your, your general feel... Is there anything you'd want to see and would you want to actually see more? I want to see more to do with the lightsabers that are specific to the individual. Mm. I think that's a really cool concept. Whether or not I would want to watch more visions, I I don't know. A lot of them were pretty hit or miss for me. Mm. Uh, if they were like the good ones... Then yes, like to be honest, like I wouldn't mind watching a whole series to do with the Ninth Jedi. Like yeah. mm-hmm. I want to know about what happens to the guy that makes all the lightsabers because there's like mm. one of the Sith people that specifically says, "Oh, your father's been taken to a mysterious camp and you'll never get him again." And it's like, all right, well, I mean, that like, was better voice acting than half. Thank of you, thing. hire me, everyone. <laughs> but like, I would want to know more about that. Like, I wouldn't mind watching a whole series mm. of that. That specifically yeah um whether or like just oh let's go on tour with the tatooine band let's <laughs> let's, let's release an album <laughs> oh. 
give it to free. Give it to everybody free on Apple Music. Force yeah. them. Yeah, do a U2 on Amazon. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just mainly to do with The Nice Jedi. I, I'd be interested to see more stuff that comes out of that, I, specifically. So if they released a Series 2, would you want, like, a couple of sequels to your prefer, preferred one? But you would you also be interested in trying, if they did some new... If they did, like, a whole new series of uh, Visions and, say, a couple of them sequels, but there was, like, the majority with new concepts again, would that be something you'd be interested in giving another go? I mean, I wouldn't really have a choice because I live with you. I mean, I can watch them without you. I want to clarify. They're short enough I can watch them when you go to bed. But I, I, it's just out of intrigue. Of someone... I mean, I would watch them with you because I, I want to watch stuff with you. But if it was up to me specifically, then I probably wouldn't. Not like, enough of them hit for you to No, not really. Hmm. Yeah. If, if I knew that they were going to be like the Ninth Jedi or the ones that I really enjoyed then yes. But mm. if they're all like things that I wasn't really for, like the twins. yeah, That was the one I think you hated the most. Yeah, I think it was. I think I actually disliked the twins more than I disliked Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah. but It's like everything you don't like about anime. <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. in one. It's like the major things you don't like about anime yeah. is all in the twins. Basically. But yeah. yeah. So there. That's cool. Okay. Um, well then, so who wants to final thoughts, either of you? Uh, I think you've done fairly evenly of who started. <laughs> so I don't know. Final thoughts for whichever one you wants to put your hand up and go ahead. <laughs> You're both staring blank. I'll go. I'll go. go. Um, so I think answering the same questions, I'm the same. If they released a whole series that was just of the Ninth Jedi, I'd be all in for that. Mm. Um, and I think it would just be amazing. In terms of if they did a Visions 2, I would love them to do a Visions 2 with different studios from maybe like European studios, maybe get, you know, I, I would love it if you could see it like Cartoon Saloon, which is an Irish studio, like just Wolf Walkers and things like that. Imagine them taking on Star Wars, that type of thing. I think that would be much more interesting for me rather than going back to the Japanese animation studios, because I think they've done that and where it's successful, they've done it really well. Mm. And and that's, let's not retread that. Although Star Wars, we love retreading stuff. Mm. Um, and yeah, that's where I would like to go. And that's where I'd like to see it. I would I rewatch it again. I would rewatch certain episodes. I clearly need to rewatch the ninth episode again. Because even <laughs> when you were talking about it, then it all just fell out of my head. Um, so I'll go and watch that at some point. Um, but yeah, that's what I would like to see for the future. And then same to you, Jack. Yeah, I mean, I think this is pretty fifty-fifty, which I know it can't be because it's nine episodes. But I'd say like half of it's good and half of it's not so good um but i would just i mean it's star wars isn't it so we're just going to lap up the content let's be honest whatever they bring out <laughs> visions to i'd probably watch it um obviously toby the action figure is high on my christmas wish list i hope oh, that'll yeah. be out i'll make a little, for, uh, <laughs> a little talking toby would be great please um because i'm gonna smash it up <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can't do any more than echo what's already been said by by everybody mm. so far. I think, yeah, the, the Ninth Jedi is easily the best, by a long, 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 mm. long way, the best mm. episode. Um, and if they don't do something with that, they're, they're silly, really. Yeah, I agree completely. I think we're all... In, although we enjoyed certain episodes differently, I think, generally speaking, it is Tatooine Rhapsody and the Twins are the two weakest ones. Um, and then Toby is still it's kind of low-ish uh, and then obviously the, the highlights is you know Ninth Jedi I think is undisputed the best one I think it's just mm. every mm. single level it's just phenomenal I, it's such a good I was blown away by that and as you guys have said if if 
if they said series two of visions, we're going to do a few episodes of Ninth Jedi and some other stuff. I'd be mm-hmm. like, well up for that. Mm-hmm. But if they're like, we're never touching Ninth Jedi ever again, I I would be disappointed. I'd be like, you've missed yeah. an opportunity here. The Ninth mm-hmm. Jedi, I think, is one of those things that they could easily turn into like comic books or a book, mm-hmm. or they could bring it into canon because I think it was just so good mm-hmm. that they could make it canon. It could almost be a template, like for like, episode ten or something. Yeah, if they, mm-hmm. yeah. If they had nothing to do with Skywalker Saga. If it's, I always say like with Skywalker Saga when they do episode ten, eventually, even though they say they won't, they will. I want it to be like hundreds of years in the future. I yeah. don't want it. I want a couple of maybe cameo holocrons about Rey, maybe a statue of her and the new Jedi Order's flourished or something like that. Just kind of its own thing. And if they did the template of the ninth Jedi for that, although I think it'd probably lose some of its gravitas because when you'd start watching it, you'd be like, this, this is ninth Jedi. I know what's going to happen. I think that thematically and a lot of the ideas in it really land. And mm-hmm. I think the ninth Jedi is a perfect encapsulation of what visions could be. And what everyone generally, because of the reviews and everything, everyone unanimously agrees. Ninth Jedi is amazing. This is what everyone wants. And the majority of people unanimously agree. Tatooine Rhapsody is not what anyone wants. <laughs> Why would you bother? Um, which is interesting because Rhapsody is the closest in the canon in the sense of where there's familiar mm-hmm. characters and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's the strangest. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you guys. I think you know, Series 2 will probably come out. Um, mm-hmm. I'd watch it because I'm a junkie. Um, but... I quite like the ideas that are done. I like the experimentation of it. But once again, it, it's just so up and down. I'm not like, yeah, I can't wait for Visions. It's more like, if it's on, I'll watch it. And I enjoy the fact that all the episodes are quite short. I think that's quite that was a very good idea on their part. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I think uh, that's relatively everything uh, we can say about Visions. We've done an excellent job here. So um, let's... Give Get us tight to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ne- nearly two. <laughs> I mean, um, we had the whole uh, the puddle incident. That was only about three minutes, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to keep most of that in. So um, <laughs> <laughs> the joys, um, visions featuring a puddle. Um, right. So we'll, uh, we'll say that. Uh, blah blah blah. Words. We'll say our little uh, social media things and we'll sign off. So Megan, go on then. You love saying it. Do you want me to say it for you? No. Because you love fine. it. You love saying about your Instagram handle is. Hi, I'm Megan. I have a podcast. <laughs> 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 it's new. It's called Femme on Film. <laughs> no, I, I don't have a podcast. I have an Instagram. You can, you can come on it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Exciting times ahead. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not interesting enough to have a podcast, so I don't have one. No, but... you're so interesting, you can only access it via a paywall. Yeah, I'm so special, you have to pay to hear me. Yes. Um, and all you'll do is listen to me ramble and just... Argue with me about films. <laughs> Tell me all the films I like to suck. About movies. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got Instagram. It's about my health and fitness journey. Uh, and it's food. And food. It's Grits Gets Fit. Today, if you go on there, I mean, this is going to come out in the future, but recently I posted a picture of me with shit tons of pumpkins. <gasps> so what a treat. <laughs> but yeah, that's that. That's me. Awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> well then, uh, we, uh, I think Rhea went first minute ago, so we'll go for Jack. You can see your, because Rhea's got the new special thing. So we'll, She does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She deserves that so, bit of time to shine. Exactly. It's, it's nice that I come after Megan as well. I think as my handle is obviously taken from Fight Club, so it's very fitting that um, <laughs> I, I am Jack's Megan's hated handle. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter under I'm Jack's Musings, but it's J A C S. Forget the K, and then I'm all over Comics Emotion as much as I can be. Uh, seasons greetings with Tony, Indie Comics Spotlight with Tony, Pop Grillers with Tony and Rhea, um, and then guesting wherever I can, uh, whenever the time arises. So we've got the Cinema Book Club 
depending when this comes out in the future or in the past on Viva Vendetta, which has been mentioned a couple of times tonight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm very excited about the one we'll do after that, but don't want to spoil that. Don't want to yeah, you know, ruin something I'm not even involved with because I'm not going to be in the V Vendetta one because I was like, I need, I need a moment after too yeah. many podcasts. Um, wonderful. Well, Ria, I will, let's go with you then. I was going to say I'll let you finish off, but I'm egotist. I'm an egomaniac, so let me do it. <laughs> you, I'm the host. This is your podcast. You take the ends. Come on. <laughs> You're the anchor. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ria Carrigan, which is R-I-A-C-A-R-R-O-G-A-N. I am literally everywhere. It's quite tiring, so I'm probably going to be off for a little bit in November. So listen to my dulcet tones now. Um, so popping up on Comics in Motion, obviously I am a fellow pop gorilla, indie comic spotlight with Tony. Um, I've just done 20th Century Geek. I've just done Spider Dan. Um, obviously, I've gone with you recently, although I think those have all come out. Oh, and Femme on Film. That was the main reason. <laughs> uh, which, as I mentioned, I've just launched, which is what I think is an amazing look at films for women, by women, starring women, everything to do with women because we're amazing. Um, so come and see us there. I'm going to force Megan to come on now. That's it. You're done. Maybe Sorry. we could just be mean about films that Mike likes. Maybe that's what our episode will be. Oh, <laughs> Ria, I actually thought of you oh, yesterday dear. or the day before. <laughs> what film were we watching, Mike? We were watching a film and a willy oh, penis came on the screen. Yay! And I was like, yes! <laughs> we were watching Midsummer. Oh, yeah. And there was a penis on the oh, screen. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Yes, thank you. That's what I want people to recognise me for, to celebrate when they see a penis on screen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Legacy. Cocky Carrigan. Fine. Um, okay, then. Sorry to turn the uh, the tone. It's fine. I mean, there's, there's almost... That's the, the only thing that's not really in style as much is, is sex. So mm. fill that void, figuratively <laughs> and literally. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, I have been your host, Mike Burton. I am... Not quite as everywhere as everyone else because I've drowned myself in my own podcasts. So um, but I have been guessing a bit, but I'll put some of that stuff in the description because <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, but yeah, Styles Comics and Canon will be on. I think I'm releasing this on Comics Emotion. So this very feed, uh, every new episodes every Saturday, I tackle Styles Comics. If you've never read a Styles comic in your life, or if you've read every Styles comic ever, and I'd be impressed if you had, please check out the show because it. I talk about plot details, so you never need to read a comic, but it's a good refresher. And also, I talk about the many connections. I talk about species and planets and other bits of trivia and just random things when you recognize a character and you're like where's that from i tell you that's what i'm here for <laughs> uh, and then i've got my other show genuine chit chat where i have honest conversations with interesting people megan occasionally randomly pops in <laughs> as a co-host um and i talk to a wide variety of guests and i've spoken to megan on her own solo show i've spoken to jack as well and i've spoken to ria so there's no excuse to not go over there, subscribe. Please subscribe to my YouTube as well. I need to get that up to 100 subscribers. Um, and then also check out our Patreon. And I say, ah, oh, because it's the only way you get to listen to Megan every week. Uh, what a delight. It is a delight. You know, <laughs> it is a delight. Go on road trips together, talk about movies, series, and a couple of other random bits and pieces. And for as little as £1 a month, you get access to hours of additional content and early access to genuine chit-chat. And you can find me at Genuine Chit Chat on all the social media places. So thank you so much, guys, for spending so much time talking styles with me. It's really, really good talking about visions and all these different perspectives on so many things. One of the reasons I love talking to both of you. And if Visions 2 ever comes out, 
you guys are in and you can't you can't say no anymore you have to be that's, that's it megan might duck out <laughs> yeah it got to this podcast and mike was like we're doing a podcast at nine you don't have to do it and i was like i'll do it you were he- you were hesitant I'll be there. after watching visions you were a bit hesitant about like should i shouldn't i and i was like there's no pressure and uh you added so much, Megan. Oh, Did a good job. Thanks. <laughs> so thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. As always, it's an absolute delight. And uh, yeah, check out everyone's amazing stuff. I'll put links in the description. And we'll talk to you all soon. So goodbye, audience. <laughs> <laughs> put my hand up to wave, even though I'm not releasing the video element of this. So that's good. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, guys. As I said in the intro, please make sure you check out these show notes. I've got information on Rhea and Jack's other shows, their social media, and all that sort of other stuff that we discussed. In addition to that, if you're new to Genuine Chit Chat, please make sure you check out some of the other Star Wars-centric episodes. So in episode 110, I spoke with the author Claudia Gray. Episode 121, I spoke with actor Dominic Pace, who is in The Mandalorian. Episode 138, I spoke with Alex and Molly Damon of Star Wars Explained. That was Star Wars YouTubers. And then recently in episode 143, I spoke to the Italian comic book artist Paolo Villanelli, who has done artwork for the Star Wars Bounty Hunters comics, as well as Lando Double or Nothing, Vader Dark Visions, and a bunch of other stuff too. So there's loads of Star Wars content to get your teeth into. In addition to that, if you're listening to Genuine Chit Chat or Comics in Motion, please subscribe to the feed. There's plenty of other content that you can get your teeth into. Uh, In addition to that, if you're listening on YouTube, please subscribe as well, because I'm trying to get my YouTube subscribers up to 100, because I know like 99% of you guys listen on the podcast apps and almost no one listens on YouTube. But just if we can get those numbers up, that would be really, really handy. In addition to that, what we said at the end was my Patreon. So patreon.com slash genuine chit chat. You can listen to me and Megan ramble on about a huge amount of different things for as little as one pound a month. You get access to an audio feed, which you can put the link into whatever podcast app you prefer, and you get hours and hours of additional content from me and Megan. So you get at least one episode of Afterthoughts every week. Certain weeks you get two episodes. We do road trips, movie reviews, TV reviews, as well as I've done a couple of comic book ones as well. And we are due to record an Eternals episode tonight because we just watched the Eternals. So that should be out in the next few days as well. So if you want some spoiler-free reviews of some series and some movies that are only 15 or 20 minutes long-ish, then make sure you check out my Patreon. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could become a patron. But if you don't want to do that and you still want to try and support the show please share on social media review on good pods or Podmatch or apple podcasts or anywhere like that or like and share from youtube or just share in general with your friends just any way of getting either more people listening or reviewing or rating the show would be absolutely incredible and the last thing really to add is to talk about my Star Wars show. So if you're not listening on the feed of Comics in Motion, go over to the feed of Comics in Motion. But if you're on YouTube, it'll already be on there as well. So in essence, it's called Star Wars Comics in Canon. If you've never read a Star Wars comic before in your life, or if you've read every single Star Wars comic there is, then consider checking it out. So I give plot details as well as lots of additional information. There's connections to other content. And I basically do it in a way which if you haven't read the issue of Star Wars that I'm tackling, it doesn't matter. You still get the information that you require, as well as the story information that etc but if you have already read them then it gives additional information that you may not already know so loads of reasons to check that out especially if you have never read a star wars comic and you're looking to get into that realm or if you just want more star wars content but you can't afford the comics or invest the time in them but you're a bit of an audiophile it's a really really good way to get into those things so um yeah loads and loads of plugs for myself and uh, that's going to be where we end it so thank you as always for tuning in guys i appreciate each and every one of you listening all the way up to the end make sure you share all the love on social media with Rhea and 
and with Jack as well. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. I've got a few conversations lined up, so um, it's going to be a surprise what that episode is. So thanks as always for listening, guys, and talk to you then. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.